All right, welcome to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast. Uh, let, let, let's talk about the Chargers again with Brandon and Shane. How are you guys doing today? Well, you know, I was Just doing fine. pretty great until this game happened. Um, that's uh, that's exactly how I feel, Shane. Same thing. <laughs> guys, <sighs> guys, uh, what what is this Chargers team like? Like, what is this play calling? Like, what are we trash, doing? Trash, here? trash. It's, it's a talented Charger team fan. with no direction. That's yes. what it is. Thank, thank you. It's it's it's. Um, dude. This is this is the Jets. I get the Jets' defense is good, but I'm sorry. This this is the Jets, and this is how yeah. you're gonna play. Like what? We're supposed to be a talented like, team. Like, I, like, like you know, like you know what's bad about it is like, yeah, the Jets' defense is top top five pretty much. But the problem is that the Jets' defense was on the field the entire night, and you still couldn't score on them. Like they should what, be and tired. That's what, and that's what the Jets are week to week. They're the best, one mm-hmm. of the best defenses in the NFL, but they're going to get tired because Zach Wilson is going to get sacked like 60 times like he did tonight, it felt like. Great job by yep. Mack and Bosa. Still the best players right now on this team at this point, considering their impact. Um, Yeah, minus that, this this Chargers team is awful. This, is, this, is, this offense... This offense They shouldn't be. Again, and yes. they shouldn't be. But, that's what's that's what's weird. That's what's bad. Not weird, but that's what's frustrating. That's what I should say. But but you but I'll just say this and, and I'll let you guys say your you say your piece. This is kind of my last thing on this game, which is I love and also hate the fact that this Chargers team with all their talent, their offense is more comparable to the Jets. Than they are to the Dolphins, and that's <laughs> a that's a big problem, and that's basically what the Chargers are to me. Uh, Shane, go ahead on, on why you're frustrated by this. Well, yeah, I mean, you got you know one of I think definitely one of the better offensive lines in the league. I mean, they're not amazing, but they got guys: Corey Lindsley, Rashawn Slater. Um, you know, and then <laughs> you have one of the best running backs in the game, uh, a receiving core that is aging, but is still, you know, fairly competent, um, I, competent feels like, uh, feels like a, a little bit of an insult to them, but <laughs> They're good. You know, they're good. Um, yet, week to week, it just it feels like they're not being utilized to their full potential because uh, they, once again, have very strange play calling. Um, and, you know, that's something that has not improved and I don't think ever will because it's been... Three years now of this same thing. Um, yeah, and it's just frustrating. I mean, yeah, they win. They got the win tonight, but like you guys were saying, it's just a, a very dysfunctional Jets team that they won against. So, I mean, in a sense, it's like okay, fine, but what if 
we got to play a real team. Then, <laughs> then what happens? Uh, it's not so good. So, what happens um, is you is you lead in the fourth quarter and blow it. We already know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, Brandon Herbert is at the point where he looks confused on what to do on every offensive possession. It's and it sucks because we know what his his peak can be. We've we've uh, like going back to the rookie season, his rookie season. Remember how pretty much everybody, I mean us included, but everybody was just like, you know, yes, he is a superstar. Like he still has that in him. It's just now it's like, you know, I mean, part of it is him struggling, yeah, but my God. How many times do we have to say it? And Chargers fans have been saying it forever. It was literally in their comments today, under their own post. Fans, every single comment was, fire Staley. Fire Staley. Fire Staley. <laughs> it's like, okay. It's like, when do the Chargers just say, screw it, we're going to fire this man? Like, at, at what point does it end? At what point do you free Justin Herbert of this pain and this style of play? Because I swear to I swear to God, if you give Justin Herbert a semblance of a head coach and a play caller, this is you a will Super Bowl get team. Super- this is a Super Bowl yes. team. Yes, yes, certainly look should at be. The talent. Look at the talent they have on both sides of the ball. They have look at this. You have Herbert, Allen, Eckler, what Mac, Bosa, Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James. You, like you literally have a a super team almost, and you can't win. Like you, you, what? you, like, you dominate the Jets. It looks like a dom- it's twenty-seven to six at this point, and the Jets are probably. Gonna but it's score not. But again. it's not dominant. It's not dominant at all. The scoreline is not dominant. The Bears happened tonight. Yeah, the uh, the the bad part about this is like, you know, a casual fan will look at this and be like, oh yeah, Chargers played a pretty good game. I'm like, well, no, they, they didn't. Did but it's just it's just the Jets suck so bad with a winning record. It's like. This this is a one and what they got seven games in, about to be eight games. This is a one and seven Jets team, that's that's disguised as a four and three team right now. So, you know, we're about to be four and four. So, and by the way, they just got stopped on fourth and goal. <laughs> oh, I love we're, it. We're, Jets football sucks. We're recording this with like a minute left in the fourth quarter because we're done. We're absolutely Dude, they done. had. You know what sucks too on second and goal. The tight end just dropped the ball. He was wide open in the end zone, dropped the ball. It hit him right in the chest. Like, like, oh my God, Jets fans, bro, you don't have a touchdown tonight. You that was your best chance, and you still couldn't get one because you're so inept offensively, which is like another reason why we're saying, hey, you know, hey, 21 appointment for the Chargers. Hey, they must have played good, right? No. They play like they play like a JV high school team. The problem is the Jets play like a PB football team. So, so there's your answer. Like Jesus. Like I feel like like listen, I feel bad for Justin Herbert because it's like my God, he's gonna be four and four, like uh, you know. But he, this team with all their talent should be no less than six and three, or six and two. So, it's 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 just it's so bad. But once again, it all goes back to who you have coaching you. And right now, and oh, like I'm so done talking. Listen, I know this is a Chargers pod, but Char- like listen, even Chargers fans, I don't think want to hear us talk about the Chargers because the same thing every single week. Like there's nothing to talk about. Because it's the same thing. Justin Herbert's inconsistent. The team can't finish fourth quarters. And fire Brandon Staley. Done. Done. We're done. done. We're done here. 
We're done. And you enjoy Dicker the Kicker kicking a football, which we all do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because, I mean, that, man, everybody forgets. That. I think, what, that man's first kick in the NFL was a game winner for the Eagles? Yep. Against the Cardinals. So, I, I have a special place in my heart for that man. Um, so, so uh, we have... Uh, so we have the Kirk Cousins list of quarterbacks, and now we have a new list led or spearheaded <laughs> by Brandon called the yes. Matt Canada tier list of trashness. I guess we'll call oh, it. Oh Lord, uh, who who is on the Matt Canada tier list? So so it's only in its preliminary stages. So because I just thought about it as this I was is coaches, work. FYI. This is coaches. Yeah. So we have, we have Kirk so, Cousins for quarterbacks, coaches. This is the Matt Canada. Tier list of trashness. So we should, like, yeah. You know, I was, I was gonna say we should clarify, like, if if anybody doesn't know, Kirk Cousins is like the middle tier for quarterbacks, and this is the bottom yeah. tier for coaches. Exactly. So right now, and at least for, and I'm just going from a straight play calling and just team standpoint. So I have to, I have to actually look at the rest of the league so I can add to it, and then go from there. So then I can I can kind of gauge where it's at. But I have three names on the list. Of course, the first one being Matt Canada. Matt Canada is the Pitts. Um, so, I li- listen, it took the Steelers telling that man to literally touch grass <laughs> for, them to, for them to do any for them to do anything <laughs> to win a game. Uh, they told that man to touch grass like that. That's how bad it is. Um, so there's him. Then there is so. Just regular Matt Canada. Then there's head coach Matt Canada, which is Brandon Staley. And then there is, well, I mean, listen, I'm I am harsh on my offensive coordinator. He's been he's been pretty good the past couple weeks, but he still doesn't know how to call in, in the red zone, and he still doesn't know how to call plays late in games to finish games. So he is late game slash red zone Matt Canada, and that's Brian Johnson. So so. Oh, there, there's my there's my three my early ones, but but you best believe between now. And Thursday, I will have uh, not a complete list, but I'll have probably at least half the list. I'm gonna done. add one. I'm gonna add one. Arthur Smith can't get the ball to your best players, Matt Canada. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just gonna say un- underutilizing Bijan, Matt Canada. <laughs> underutilizing Bijan and Kyle Pitts, Matt Canada. Done. Oh Flipping God. Away. Um, Shane, do you have any that you want to add to the list at this time? Ooh, I... Well, uh, this feels like cheating because he's, he's not in this role anymore, but I was going to say um, Matt Patricia as Patriots OC. Um, oh, yeah, but we're talking this... current, but yeah, historically. <laughs> well, yeah. No, but, so, but, well, yeah, but his, his nickname would be Pencil Matt Canada. Pencil Matt Canada. There you go. Um, I like I, it. I want to add Josh McDaniels doesn't know how to coach a, coach a football team, Matt Canada. There we go. Well, Josh McDaniels is is just is just Matt Canada for Halloween. They okay. They literally. The, the, He's the, AFC West, Matt Canada. Bro, Josh McDaniels is <laughs> between fired. the Broncos and Raiders. Josh, okay, Josh McDaniels is fired, and the Raiders are literally having a party like it's New Year's Day. Yeah, on, honestly, on, cigars, and you know what? Power to them. I'm, I'm happy for them. Go party. I'm, I'm cool with it. If anybody ever hires now. him as, as a head coach again, they need to have their brain examined. Oh, then they have early onset CTE for sure. 
Oh my god. There, 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 there's no, there's no way you can hire that man. As first of all, I don't even care as a head coach, as a coach. Period. Again, his his career should be over. In the, well, well, especially after you know, after you know Bill Belichick's gonna bring him back. I uh, because Bill Belichick still believes in 1950s football. So, oh god, I can't. I'm so done with anything related. Like, it's crazy how the remnants of Patriots coaching is still finding work in the NFL. Because because they're not good on their own, and we know this. So, oh God, uh, Belichick really has an awful like, coaching tree if you think about it's it. Really bad. Yeah, I mean, but listen, is... if it wasn't for Tom Brady, it would. If it wasn't for Tom Brady, I mean, this is, this is a hot take, but if you think about it, it's true. If it wasn't for Tom Brady, Bill Belichick wouldn't be Bill Belichick. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. and Josh McDaniels would have never probably been a head coach or Matt Patricia. Um, yep. I have I have a new segment. For the show, okay. And the new segment is, is the Brandon Furtado New Jersey Yelling Fest segment. <laughs> and in this segment, you don't need I, him to do that anymore, Robert. And in this segment, I have two games that Brandon can go crazy over. Uh, let's start. Oh, with, is it mine? Is it wait, mine? Wait, wait, wait. The first one is <laughs> Dolphins Chiefs from Frankfurt. Go ahead. Oh, 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 that game caused me physical pain. I don't care if you wake up at 6.30 in the morning on the West Coast to watch it or 9.30 Eastern time. That game sucked, period. This was supposed to be billed as, you know, all like one of the games of the year. Each team was shut out. One was shut out in the first half. The other team was shut out in the second half. I don't care. That is garbage football. Garbage. Like, credit to both defenses for doing their job, yeah. But... Like, and then here's the thing. Oh, they go on NFL Network after and ESPN. And they're like, oh, Patrick Mahomes uh, had a bounce back game. Heath, my brother in Christ, he threw for less than 200 yards and two TDs against a crappy Miami defense. Do you not? Do you know ball? Do you know ball? Because, my God, you cannot look at that game and think that Patrick Mahomes looked good. Or Tua. Neither of them did. Like, Oh my god. And it's, I'm just so pissed cuz I couldn't even go back to sleep. I thought the game was over at 21 nothing. I start doing things around the house. I come back to the end of the third quarter or you know midway through the third almost to the end. And it's tw- it's almost 21-14. How how do I am I still watching this game that was 21 nothing at halftime? How can you not finish it sooner? Like everything about that game pissed me off. The performances of the quarterbacks pissed me off. The the uh, multiple field trips to the red zone pissed me off. Uh, Andy Reid giving the game away gave me Vietnam flashbacks of when he was in Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> like, I swear, I swear to God, I, like I'm not trying to make fun of it, you know, because those are serious. Like, you know, PTSD, you know, all that stuff is, is is serious. But like, Andy Reid, like he literally gave me the worst flashbacks of him giving multiple games away in Philadelphia, doing the same conservative football. Like Andy Reid's play calling in the fourth quarter. I'm not even the fourth quarter. His play calling in the second half was atrocious. It was atrocious. I don't care if it's twenty-one nothing or seven three. Call the game correctly. Like the game's not over until until you put it away, like for good, for good. And so twenty-one nothing against, against the Dolphins. Twenty-one nothing against the Dolphins. The game's not. I mean, listen, it should have been over, but if you know in your heart it's not because look at who the Dolphins are, like. Oh my god. The game pissed me off in more ways than one and the fact that I couldn't go back to sleep and I had to watch the rest of the games that day. Oh, 
my god, I didn't get any sleep the rest of the day. I once once we got to Sunday football last night. Once we got to the end of that, I passed out. I was like, I'm done. I'm done with this damn day of football. So that, that's all I got to say about that game. That game pissed me off in more ways than one. The only good part about it was that the German crowd was lit. German crowd was awesome. The crowds overseas, they love American football. And it shows. They love that atmosphere. They just they love to have a good time. And that shows. And I love it. Love it. They did. They, the London crowd did Sweet Caroline. The German crowd did Take Me Home Country Roads. Oh my god! And they did it with with, fo- with the phone flash on. That was the best part of that damn game was the German crowd singing "Take Me Home, Country Roads." And you never thought going into that game that that's the best part of it, because it'd be, you think, oh, Dolphins, Chiefs, great game, right? No, garbage, terrible. I, I just don't wanna, care. I just want to say this. Three hours. I just want to say this. McCourty did a great job in the booth. So did Rich Eisen, but Dan Orlovsky does not fit with both oh, of yeah. them at all. Why? He's stupid, anyways. Oh my God, he's not a good commentator. He just is not. He's not a commentator. He's, he's a, better on NFL Mark Live. Schlereth, he's great on stand. NFL Live, but not as a commentator. Yeah. And then we're gonna have to listen I, I can't to him next him. week. And I can't stand. I can't stand him. Com- like, listen, I can. I like him when he's on TV, but I can't stand. But like, you know, TV, TV, not commentating. Uh, but he's up there with Mark Schlereth. Me, Mark Schlereth is an idiot too. Mark Schlereth does like not have a call football game whatsoever. The the guy messes up on names. He messes up like he's like he'll call a play before it happens, trying to be like the next Romo, and it's not the play. Like he <laughs> he literally can't do it. He can't do it. Like if you actually listen to the games, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He has no clue what he's talking about. Um, but like, but that being said, I, I also want to shout out Jason McCourty, and I know Devin's been doing great on Sunday night as well. But if I'm getting it right, but Jason was so good on Sunday. Or, um, yeah, the, the, he was, the twins. The twins can't fail. The twins can't fail. They're so they good. Do. They're great. They're so good. Um, Shane, are the Dolphins frauds? They've played winning teams and they've been playing like trash. What are your thoughts? Oh, on I didn't even the touch on that point. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, yeah, they they're six and zero against teams with losing records and zero and three against teams with winning records. So, um, so yeah. They absolutely are. Um, you know, I don't even know if that, if I want to say frauds, because, I mean, after the first week or two, we were like, oh, yeah, they're pretty good. But then after that, we started thinking, well, you know, I think they're just decent, a decent team that beats up on teams worse than them. But then when they have to yeah. play an actual team, they, they're like, oh, never mind. See you later. Well, um, well, what's you know. The, you know what's what's the what's the best thing about about you know they, everybody talks about their speed, right? I didn't mean to cut you off, Shane, but I wanted to mention this too. Everybody talks about their speed. Oh no, I was done. This happens no, every geez. week. Why does this happen every week? No, no, because I'm just like if I don't get the thought out, like for me, it's so hard because I talk so fast, and if I don't get the thought out, my brain just scrambles. All right, so go ahead. Continue. I have to. I have to say it. But but the the Dolphins, you know, we always say like, you know, what's the big thing with the Dolphins with their offense? Speed. But what can stop speed? Physicality. What happened to to the three good teams they lost to? They're all physical. They all have physical secondaries. They so 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 quick there you secondaries go. too. But yeah. 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 But that's important to know is that physicality can always counter speed. So, I mean, they they can out they can outrun you. 
if they're playing a real speedy team themselves, they can, or, you know, a speedy kind of crappier team, but they, they can do that. But any team that's actually good and plays hard football, they can't beat them. So, you know, just to piggyback, just to add to that, that's where I'm going with that. But that's, it's it's just like, the Dolphins are so frustrating, though, just just because it's like, wow, we were sitting here for the first six weeks, and we're like, wow, this team's really good. And then they play Philadelphia, and like, oh, oh, that's what happens. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. But this is like, but I'm gonna say both both these teams now are not in my top five. Chiefs aren't, and the Dolphins aren't. I don't care. I don't care if the Chiefs are seven and two, or if they're nine and zero, or if they're five and four. I don't care. Chiefs are not in my top. They haven't had one convincing win yet this season, except for their blowout against the Bears. So wait, so who replaces? But it's the Bears. Is my question. Who replaces? Uh, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say. Like I don't like, have anybody who else? that would replace them. Yeah. Like like right like right now my well it's easy right now my five is it's Philly at one obviously two is either I don't have it set in stone yet but it's it's but my five after after Philly my other four are in in no order right now I gotta think about it but Lions Ravens um yeah wait Lions Ravens yeah definitely I, I just uh. I, I I believe it or not would throw the Bengals in there because they're getting hot at the right time. Yes, I think I think that's actually correct. I think and, that ranking is correct. And and then I'm probably putting I gotta look at the rest of the games, but I know that there's one more team I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but it's not it's not the Chiefs or the uh or the Dolphins. But there's one more team I'm throwing in there. I just gotta look at the at the at who we have. Um but those are my four for sure. I think those four are fine, uh, right, Shane, because I'm kind of with him on that. Yeah. And yeah, then Philly, I, Baltimore, uh, Detroit, yeah, Cincy, Bob, yeah. Yeah, but then I got. I think I, I think I'd probably put in at 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 the last spot. I'd probably would put in. Oh, it's tough because, not gonna lie, despite them getting absolutely killed against the Ravens, I'd probably still put the Seahawks in there. Damn, I don't, I don't feel like uh, at all. I would not. No way. Not, not even I, top ten I, for me at the moment. I'm, yeah, I, I might, I might. I'm not, I'm not saying I will, but I might, like because I just. Uh, that's why. Uh, I just the, like. That's why I, I put the Chiefs at five because I don't think there's like. I I don't know. I think like, yeah. Are, are we really? Like, I think they're about five to me as well. Five, but like they're like a they're like a borderline ten. Like I don't know. Like they're not that good to be top five, but. There's no, there's no reason. Jacksonville. Oh like, yeah, Jacksonville. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you the, know, the, I, the, I, I, I put Jacksonville at five instead. Yeah, I think that's fair. But see, that's, but see, but see, I didn't want to say Jacksonville, but then again, I forgot they were on a bye week, so I was like, wait a minute, did they play this week? That's why I didn't know. But yeah, I put Jacksonville. No, then yeah, I would, I put Jacksonville. So yeah, they're still not in my top five. Yeah, I, yeah. So yeah, my top five is probably yeah, Eagles, Lions, Ravens, Bengals, Jaguars. They're not neither of those teams are in my top five. Yeah, I think so yeah, only, still I right. think if we're just putting Eagles at one and the rest kind of in no particular order, I think that's pretty consensus right there. Yeah, that's pretty. So it's like yeah, it's, I mean, that that might, that might be a hot take among people who are more casual fans, but it's like that if you actually watch the games. Then no, you you cannot. I mean, you could you can make the case, but I don't think you should have your Chiefs and Dolphins if you're a fan of those teams. Even if you're a fan of those teams, those teams are not in the top five right now. I think the Jaguars are still probably more consistent. So 
I don't know, but yeah, yeah but like Bengals, Bengals seems weird because of their record, but it's like no, they they've won four straight games and they've looked good they've and they beat really good, good teams. They've they looked, they beat, they three out of three out of those four games were against good teams. So no, they're they're catching fire at the right time. So I'm definitely putting them. It's funny because if, if remember we did this like three weeks ago and we said the Bengals were not like they were not even in like our top ten. They were in the bottom five. Now they're really good. And now, and now all of a sudden here we are talking about them like like they're the Bengals again like the Bengals of the past two or three years it's like oh here we go um, so yeah that's this yeah, is the I, thing I, though I, like I, the last few years when they've been good they they've had horrible September they're like the new Patriots you know they're they're t- <laughs> they're terrible in September but then the rest of the season they it's start, like they oh, always yeah, start okay. slow they that always was, start slow because that, that was just excruciatingly slow though like it was bad team yeah it wasn't great yeah and Bur- and Burrow was really banged up. So, like, it's a miracle they just weathered the storm and then figured it out from there. Yeah. Um, the next in the brand. Although Ricardo, I still think Zach Taylor is a fraud coach. Oh hell yeah! Oh, wait, wait, can, I'm can, still on. Let, 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 let's get to that actually really quick. Shane, what's your issue with Zach Taylor? Jeez. I just think it's pretty obvious that without Joe Burrow, he is not that great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and even even with him, sometimes, um, you know, because a good head coach, even if Burrow is injured or like last year he had his appendicitis thing at the beginning of the year, and then um, year before that started a little slow because he was coming off that knee injury, yada yada yada. It's just I get the feeling that it's like if he's not a hundred percent. Zach Taylor, despite having a pretty good team, otherwise, you know, um, just can't really figure it out. <laughs> um, I think that's definitely. Funny. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's just me, but that's just how I look at it. No, it's the same thing for me. We talked about. We even talked about this in the chat. We were like. Because Zach Taylor still his play calling is shaky when they when they especially when the game's on the line. Like it's funny how this team can put up a ton of points when there's like no stress, but when this game's on the line, they really don't do a lot of things well. Um, yeah, because yeah, if Joe Burrow wasn't there, if, they, if they had just a, an average QB, that would be a 500 football team. No, worse, they'd probably be more like a, a five win football team. Um, consistently too. So. Like I, I don't put like he's not he's not he's not Sean McVay that can turn like water into wine. He's he's not you know he's not creative really enough for me. Um, he's not like Sirianni. He's not um, just any of those guys that can just they can do a lot with a little with with less sometimes when they when they. Need or he's not Dan Campbell where his like, players will run through a brick wall for him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like it's like. Zach Taylor is kind of just like there. It feels like, because it's just it's it's just a high powered offense of Burrow, Chase, but Higgins. But even so, like they're so high powered, you figure that team should be scoring forty a game, but they've kind of been struggling to score like twenty or thirty a game. Like it's it's not clean, and the, and the play and the play calling's part of it. So, and which is what he handles, what he deals with. So really, if they if he didn't have such a great <laughs> A great offense to really kind of, I mean, listen, they have to have a great offense to run plays like they do. Every every team has to have a great offense to to work with the system and things like that. But 
it's like with him, it feels like it's more glaring that the issues are, are like that they're they're slow starts and they're like all that stuff is kind of more on him than it is on the team. It's more of a coaching issue with them, and that's what like I mean. I don't think I, he's like, like it, bad because yeah, he's not. Yeah, know. he's not bad. He's not. Yeah, that'd be Brandon Staley, oh, but. <laughs> me, like, yeah, you know not, what it is to me is right like to me what it is is you know we talk about game manager quarterbacks he's kind of feels like a game manager a game coach manager, you know yeah that, that's yeah that's right <laughs> like yeah not doing anything too bad but just you know it's not like it's not like uh you know, Kyle Shanahan, who's going to come up with some crazy play design exactly. that's like, whoa, look yeah. at that, you know, and, you know, like, get you yeah, out of some like, jam. Yeah, it's like Kyle Shanahan made it work with multiple different QBs. It's like if you gave Zach Taylor, like, really, you know, if you like, gave, not gave, Joe Burrow. If you gave Zach Taylor um, Brock Purdy, how would the Bengals do? Mm, I don't think uh, as well. No, it would it would not be as well. Like, what are they five and three right now? Yeah. Uh, they they'd probably be three and five. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think so. Yeah. Um. Well, that's us doing Bills Bengals. I we we don't need to repeat what we said about the Bengals. If you want to hear what we said about the Bengals, go to, to last week's. Go the week before. Everything we said about the Bengals the past two weeks has kind of stayed firm. Um. So, they're just finding ways to win now a lot better. They're just, they're just getting a lot better at finding ways to win. Yeah, but, but it's still brutal. Like, like, like they're like they're getting hot. That's the good thing. Like they have won four straight. They are getting hot, but getting hot and and playing excellent football are, are two things. different things. It's, are different it, things. It's, it's it's they're they're still not they're still not playing at what the Bengals should be. It's still not quite there yet. Like, right. like they're they're still kind of finding it. Like I feel like they're gonna hit it in the next couple of weeks, but they're but they're gonna but but they're doing good right now and they're getting hot and that's why they're they're, they're in my top five right now. So, and that's the Bengals. Just bear that in mind. We're talking about the Bengals there, but for the Bills, I'm I'm well, go go back to previous episodes. None of what we're gonna say here about the Bills is any different than what we've said the past oh, two nothing weeks. Nothing changes. Are, Shane, do you have anything new to say about the 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 Bills? Um, no. No, okay, there we go. I, we don't have anything new to say. We honestly have nothing new to say. Uh, I wasn't expecting us to go straight for, to Bills Bengals, but uh, that's that's another game down. Uh, in the Brandon Furtado, New Jersey, whatever segment, uh, the game that everyone's looking forward to and talking about is the Cowboys versus the Eagles. The game of one inch. Um, Brandon, go ahead. Times three. Times three. Go yeah, ahead, Brandon. times three. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know where to start. I've been fighting Cowboys fans on social media all day long. Of course. Um, um, like, I'm sorry, bro. You cannot blame. Like, like, here's the thing. We get as football fans, you know, your your first instinct is to blame the refs when you lose a close game, and that's fair. We've all done that before. Uh, but like, I don't want to take a holier than thou stance. Because I have been crucial on the refs a lot this year. But refs don't decide football games. They don't. 99% of the time. Is, yeah. yeah. Like to me that that that's a that's a very that's a false narrative that like because the media the media doesn't push it. 
And the players don't push it either. The only ones pushing that narrative are the fans. So that's 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 a false narrative. That doesn't work. And on top so and then, you know, here we go with you know, well, first of all, Cowboys fans. Any for any Cowboys fans that are listening, which I don't know why you listen to a Chargers podcast, but if you do, you guys lack so much accountability, it's not even funny. Because there's no way you blame every every oh, I think single it's very funny. Well, well, no, it's it's funny. No, it's believe me, I'm laughing. But I love to trash. It's the NFC East, and it's the, one of the most bitter robberies in football. I'm going to trash this team as much as I can. Um, but it, but I'm I'm not trashing it to be a homer. That I mean, that's part of it, yeah. But I'm also trashing it from an objective standpoint. You know, from what from what I'm just seeing, and it's I have never seen one game that they have lost in in, in the entire year. And so I've been watching football since I was five years old. So I've been watching football for 18 years now. I have not once seen a Dallas Cowboy fan take accountability when their team straight up sucks and blows a big game or loses even in a close one. Any loss that they've ever had, I've never seen a fan take any accountability for. Like, I've, I've never seen them say just, oh, you know, my team just didn't play well today. We missed this, this, and this play. You know, we lost a better team. That's it. Move on. No, it's always... We got screwed by the refs. Your team still sucks. Dak Prescott's the best quarterback in the NFL. Like, do you hear yourself, bro? Do you hear yourself? Or is there nothing in your brain? Is there there just a tin can rattling in that head of yours? Really? Because this is ridiculous that we have to keep saying this every single time you lose a football game. Like, here's the thing. And and I'm going to go now. I'm going to go into like five points on this game that I feel are important. Go for it. The refs were bad on... The refs were bad on both sides. Both teams had exactly 10 penalties. There should have been more called on both sides. You could say right now, that should have, there should have been five more penalties on each side. Maybe even 10. There should have been 40 penalties in this game. But it should have been 20 and 20. But there was 20 penalties called in this game. Well, 20 penalties that, that were, you know, recorded, like accepted. Um, 10 on each side. Eagles had more penalty yards. So you can't blame the refs for this. So you cannot use that as an excuse when both when the refs were terrible on both sides for both teams. Not an excuse. And here's the and here's another thing, you know. The defense and everybody keeps saying, "Oh, the refs gave us the game, or or gave you guys the game." So we're just going to ignore the fact that the refs gave you four gave you seventy five yards of penalty yards on the last drive of the game to set you up at first down with thirty seconds left. Which you know, and here, here's what here's goal, what this feeds in. By the way, yeah, I was it first and goal. I thought it was first and ten of the eleven. I think it was first and ten of the eleven. Like, either way, they're like in the red zone. Yeah, so it's close enough. Your here's the thing: the Cowboys' red zone offense has been one of the worst in football this season. So if you want to blame anybody, blame your quarterback and your inability to score touchdowns when it matters. And get delayed game go. penalties in the yeah. red zone. You had, yeah. And, really, the know, worst credit, place credit. to get those. Yeah, <laughs> and and here's the thing: the Eagles' defense, when it matters most, made the plays to win the game. And also, your quarterback. Here's another thing: your quarterback stepped out at the two yard line. Blame him for the failed two point conversion. You can't blame yeah, rest for that because your quarterback stepped out of bounds. So, so blame your quarterback for one of those. But then also, blame your quarterback for taking two sacks in the red zone. Blame your quarterback and your offensive line for why you took two sacks in the red zone and basically blew your chance to win the game because you were driving down the field in the Eagles just fine before that and with the refs' help. So don't even go there. And then, you know, 
So your quarterback and your offensive line sacked twice, basically took you back to the 40 freaking yard line. And you got to a third and what, 21, 26, something like that. So of course you weren't going to score there at that point. Game was over. Your two sacks ended the game. So you can say what you want. Your offense didn't do enough to score. Your, your red zone offense is still pathetic. Your, your clock management is still pathetic because Mike McCarthy is one of the worst clock managers in football. Uh, you know, this is, this is what we, this is, we talk about this every week. So, you, so we're already far enough away from the refs. And well, here's another thing. You played a one-legged Jalen Hurts. The guy was damn near crawling by halftime. He was on one leg. You had an advantage. And your your quarterback threw for what? Over 150 yards more than him, and you still couldn't score in the red zone. You had multiple trips to the red zone. I think three or four of them, and you came away with zero points. Whose fault is that? Not the refs. You. And it's like, you know, and then here's another thing that Dallas Cowboy fans love to bring up. Uh, you know, oh, Dak looked better than Jalen Hurts. My, oh my God. He threw twice the amount of passes that Jalen Hurts did. Dak threw the ball 44 times. Jalen Hurts threw it 23. Jalen Hurts had the better passer rating. I mean, obviously, because you're going to throw less time, so there's more room there. But better passer rating, better completion percentage, more efficient with the football. Way more efficient with the football. Um... Didn't have to do a whole lot because the running game also got involved later on in the game, which also helped us open up for the passing game. Something that the Cowboys didn't do all day yesterday. You struggled to run the football because you didn't, first of all, you didn't do it. And when you did, it didn't really go anywhere. So your offense is still one dimensional. Like I can keep going about this game. You know, and that's part of it. The running game isn't quite there for Dallas still. Uh, but then the last positive, here's a positive point. The last point I make about this game Thank God for the bye week for Philadelphia. We need it. All our guys are banged up beyond belief. Dallas Goddard's now out for four weeks, which is actually, that's actually uh, better because we thought he'd be out until playoffs. Uh, So he's only out for four weeks. We have a bye week, so that basically counts as a week. Um, So he should be back basically for the next time I play the Cowboys, which is nice. Um... Uh, so you gotta, you know, I mean, there's still some things you gotta fine tune if you're Philly. You have to do that. That defense is a true, that secondary, not, not defensive line. That secondary is atrocious. It's atrocious. Um, I mean, Darius Slay played well when he matched up against Lamb yesterday, but that was it. James Bradbury should give his money back to that organization plus interest. Plus interest. Because he, <laughs> because, because he's giving me, he's giving me nightmares of Byron Maxwell, Kerry Williams, Bradley Fletcher. Namdi Asamoah, like that guy has been that bad this year. He's looked like all those bums previously in Philly history. Um, like he he still makes some. He made a, he made a nice stop on fourth down, a fourth and eight, which is nice. But I mean the guy. I mean listen. I mean listen, he looked bad yesterday, like really really bad. But there was also times where that Eagles front seven, or really the front four, front four, front five, couldn't get to to Dak a lot. I mean, that also helps because they do have a decent, a somewhat decent O-line still. Uh, they're older, but still. But uh, but still, they got five sacks today, and the two sacks came at the most important time. Like, really, that's what won the game for Philadelphia. It was two sacks. It's two sacks. And that's all it takes, especially, and this is what I say about the Eagles every week at this point now. It's, they make, they don't make every play, but they make the timely plays. And I have a new nickname for my Eagles D-line. 
and it's just to encompass like you know how you have like you know for minnesota you had the purple people leaders you know you had all these different names for different defensive lines throughout the years for different teams uh i'm just gonna keep mine really simple with the eagles just call them the closers not bad not because bad. that that's that's all that's all they do is they close they know how to they they might not make all the plays during the game but they can close games with with any of the best d lines in football so and they do it every it seems like they do it every week so oh god i'm done talking about that game i've been done talking i'm so exhausted between fighting people on social media oh and i didn't you know what's crazy i didn't even touch on the fourth and goal and oh god uh cowboys fans can you can you stop saying that was a touchdown he was six inches short of the goal line, bro. He was like, short. He was clearly short. He was sick. Every every angle that you could have looked at that play, especially especially down. And, I mean, Cowboys fans are saying TD. I'm like, bro, they literally showed an angle on the broadcast straight, straight down the line from the pylon cam. He was six inches short when he caught it. And then, you, and then oh, boy. Don't, don't make me. Don't, don't. Don't make me go in on Chris Sims again. Don't make me do it. I'm so done with that idiot. It's not even well, funny. Okay, wait. Can someone because... can someone explain to me what he actually tried to say on Twitter? Because I was very confused by his wording. Like I don't understand what he, he actually said. He's basically saying exactly. it should have been a touch. He basically saying it should have been a touchdown because of the fact that uh that he that you know, the process of the catch you know has, he has to survive the ground and basically in that. Uh, because he bobbled as he was going to the ground, but then maintained possession. But he, by the time he actually got full possession, he was in the end zone, so it should have been a touchdown. He was like, "Oh, he was a, never in ball. the end zone. The ball yeah. never went and through the, the end zone." He's, he was basically trying to say that there was a loophole in the down by uh, you know down by contact with possession rule. There was what a loophole in it because there was. I'm like, I'm like, uh, what are you? What are you just? Are you just? Did you just find a a somewhat smart way to say that you're extremely stupid? What does that like, mean? <laughs> Wait, like, I'm confused. Like, what like, does that mean? Like, I don't the even Dunning know. Dunning-Kruger effect. Like, 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 he clearly doesn't understand that it doesn't matter. At once, he's outside the end zone. If you're in the end zone, it's surviving the ground matters. It's a different story. Surviving the ground, surviving the ground matters once you're in the end zone. But he was out of the end zone, and when you're out. Of the end zone and not on the sideline either. Basically, once you are still in the field of play between the goal lines and and the the white the white sidelines, when you are in the field of play, once you catch that ball and your knees are down and you are and you firmly have possession and you're down and you're contacted, the play ends right there. So really? he is six inches. Really? Yeah. Really? Yes, Shane. Really? Really? <laughs> I never so, knew. No, but I. But I and I, I didn't even bust in the NFL. <laughs> and then I have to spell it out because you know Chris Sims thinks he's smarter and holier than thou, and the guy is the the biggest idiot on planet Earth. Uh, I'm and this is a guy that actually I'm played the confused. NFL. I'm still confused by what he said. What he said doesn't make any sense. <laughs> when you're down, you wanna, you're you down. No, it does not. You want to read it again? You want to no, read it? No, I don't. Or should I read it? Go read it. It's because he. It's I, just. It's. I, it's. It's because he I hates the Eagles, this. so he just has to find ways to bury I'm, them. Thank I'm you. So confused, thank you. He, I mean, you gotta. You gotta like, imagine he grew up a Giants fan because of dad. You know. So. Yeah. 
Naturally. But there like, you go. Like my God, man. Where where is it? I have to go back and find it, but it's it's like how do you constantly week after week make such idiotic takes about the Eagles? Like nobody anyone, can take did, you wait, serious, Randy, bro. You you would answer this question. Did anyone did anyone in the comments agree with him? Uh no, everybody shredded that man. <laughs> you all here? Here's a, so, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna read real quick what he said, and then I'm gonna read the comments. So he said, and here's the quote. So how do we reconcile this? He wouldn't be grant he wouldn't be granted a catch until he survives the ground. So why is he ruled down once his knee hits ball short of the goal line before he completes that act? Loophole at Pro Football Talk. What? What, is, what does that even mean? What are you talking about, you idiot? What the hell are you talking about, bro? <laughs> I'm so confused. I mean, I mean, this. Wait, this, this, this is also the same guy. What, are the, what did you oh, comment? So, oh, I'll read mine. I'll read mine first, but mine is almost the same as everybody else's. I said, "This is why you're a failure as both an NFL player and a commentator." Knees down, possession of the ball, down by contact, six, six inches short of the goal line. If it wasn't for your father, you'd be another bum troll on the internet. Uh, that was mine. And then he really used car said, salesman. Yeah, someone said he's got that you can vibe. Tell this man, yeah, he does. Yeah, uh, it makes it makes sense because most of his quotes are snake oil anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, you can, and then someone said you can tell this man got his job because of his dad. Um, someone said, Chris, you have an unusual, almost sick hatred for the Eagles. You despise them so much you talk exclusively about them every chance you get. When should we buy you a jersey? Bro. Uh, where is it? <laughs> where is it? There's more. Uh, where is it? And then someone actually explained it for Chris Sims. He said, because his knee was down, Chris, two feet plus the knee, down by contact, short of the goal line. You still have the complete possession, but you don't get the ball where you stopped rolling and finally possessed it. Uh, and then someone else posted a picture of a little knitted doll and said, show me on the doll where the Eagles hurt you, Chris. Uh, where is it? There's, there's more. Uh, there you go. It says here, here, here's another one. Forward progress can stop while you are still determining whether it's a completed pass or not. That spot that you were considered down is solely where the gain of possession is sealed and either has a knee, elbow, two feet, etc. down, thus ending the forward progress. Great Pretty easy to understand this. That's, that's phenomenal, yeah. by the way. That is a phenomenal explanation by a guy on Twitter. That is a fantastic yeah. explanation of the rule. And and then here you go with a bunch of Cowboys fans that still can't understand what possession is in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, neither neither can we, but that's only if it's in the end zone or sideline. I can understand what possession is when he's down by contact and he's not in the end zone. This is not rocket science. Um, oh, my God. Uh, where is it? There's more. Uh, I like that that had to be explained to a former NFL quarterback. Yep. Uh, I'm just saying. And then, and then here's the thing: Cowboys fans also made it seem like it was the most egregious PI in football history. Was it PI? In real time, you can't tell, and you can't go back and throw a flag on that play. But if you look at it in real time, it was not that egregious. Like it, 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 they were it both was, fighting it felt, it felt for the more ball. More hand fighting, from what I remember. Yeah, like like it was more hand. Like they're like, oh well, Blank- Blankenship's hand is on uh, Shoemaker's thigh when he's going for the ball. Like, 
what do you mean? Like, they're like, oh, he's grabbing him. I'm like, bro, his wrist was on him. He wasn't even grabbing him with his fingers. What the hell are you talking about? And it's like, PI is only if A, you get there like super early, which in real speed, it was not that. I mean, listen, was it early? It was very close, but it was basically, but in real speed, it's bang, bang. You're not going to throw a flag there on fourth and goal for a bang, bang play. It's not going to happen. It has to be clear and obvious. Like, because that you know that's the NFL's great ruling. Not on PI, they don't call clear and obvious on PI all the time. But you know when you on that kind of situation, the ref like if you're a referee, you're not throwing that flag unless you absolutely are 100 percent certain that was PI in your eyes, and there's no way to prove that there. Um, and then they're like, oh, he was tackling him. Like my brother in Christ, he was not tackling him. They were both going to the ground for the football because that's where the throw was going. They were both going for the ball. Blankenship was trying to knock it away. And the tight end was trying to go for the catch. It's not that hard to understand. You can fight for the ball as long as you're both looking back at it. Like that, 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 that's pretty obvious in football. And then everybody's like, "Oh, well, what do you mean?" You know, it's it's still you know pi because of just you know him, uh, you know, putting his hand there. No, it's not because you can put your hand anywhere on a receiver as long as you're not impeding his progress, turning him, grabbing him, etc. None of that happened there. Not a single one of those three things happened there, so it's not it's not pi. It's really not pi. You could say you could say this to your blue in the face. Also, you got to fourth and goal anyway, and you threw it to your backup tight end. I'm sorry, right there, you shouldn't even be giving a touchdown. <laughs> I don't care. Um, so so you know, cry, cry me a river, Dallas fans. Cry, cry me a river, and and Chris Sims too, because you're you're just a big an idiot as the rest of them. So cry me a river. Um, Shane, what are your overall thoughts on a, what was a pretty great Cowboys Eagles game? Uh, well, you know, classic uh, NFC East rivalry showdown. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're usually pretty close games. Uh, unless it's Eagles-Giants. Uh, the Eagles like to blow them out. But um, <laughs> Tommy DeVito time, baby. Oh. I want to go to the game on Christmas. Jeez. I want to go to the game on Christmas so we can blow them out 50 to nothing. Oh, that that'd be a fun Christmas for you. Um, oh, I love it. But, uh, yeah, no. I mean, I, I think Brandon pretty much said everything that needs to be said. Um, and I just said know, I Dallas. screamed it. Or almost, I screamed it as loud as I could for, what, a, a, a midnight on the East Coast? <sighs> yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead, Shane. Yep. I can't. I can't. But it's like, it's like the, the thing is, the thing is, everybody keeps saying like, like everybody's still like I still people see I still see people on Twitter right now as we speak, like still still questioning the game like, like why, bro? This is what get Eagles over Cowboys it. has. Like, first of all, get over it. Second of all, this is what Eagles Cowboys has always been since the dawn of time, since the rivalry has existed. This is what Eagles Cowboys has always and forever will be why are you surprised why are you surprised because your favorite team didn't win like here's the thing for cowboys fans too you still lead the overall series i mean listen i know that that doesn't matter for for much but like you lead it by like a good like what 17 18 wins so you're still ahead of the all-time series by a lot um i know but here's the thing i'd be really salty too if my team was has been poverty for 30 years that you know and you know i'm a grown adult and I haven't seen my team win a Super Bowl after previously having what five of them. So, uh, or even I make it to an NFC Championship. 
Yeah, and most of that is because of your garbage quarterback. So, uh, not think Cowboys fans. Yeah, you know, yeah. You so, you know, listen. You, what you should be mad at is your own team. But once again, you lack accountability, and you can't blame your own team for anything because you know we're America's team, red and boys. This is our year. Yeah, shut the hell up. Say it every year. It doesn't happen. <laughs> um, I'm gonna like, g- come on, man. Get give, real. I'm gonna give Shane his own segment today, and Shane, your segment is quarterback analysis. Let's begin with CJ Stroud. <laughs> Why do I get this? <laughs> let's begin with C- <laughs> let's begin with cj strout's insane five touchdown 470 yard day well you know i gotta say i'm pleasantly surprised by this whole situation because we're talking about it how uh the ohio state quarterbacks no matter how good they are in college they never really pan out because you know, well, we talked about why. I don't need to get into that again. But, um, you know, that doesn't appear to be the case necessarily here with C.J. Stroud. And, uh, and I, you know, I like to see it. Um, you know, I, I want, I want guys to do well in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this, this is possibly. One of the best games we've ever seen from a rookie quarterback. Um, I don't, maybe not in NFL history, but certainly in my lifetime, it's up there. Um, you know, I mean, 30 of 42, that's 42, that's a lot of passes to throw when you are, well, that's a lot of passes, period, but especially as a rookie. Um, you know, and that is a. I mean, Tampa, that's a good veteran defense. You know, they're not not quite the defense they were like in the Brady years, but they're still good. They, they got guys. Um, and so the fact that he was able to put the team on his back and throw almost 500 yards, five touchdowns, no turnovers, and just march right down the field, score. Then they come back and score. Okay, got to do it again. And he did. You know, it, it's it's pretty remarkable. Uh, you know, I, I think for me, he's... I mean, I know we've been talking about Puka Nakua, but I think he's my offensive rookie of the year right now. Yeah, after, um, after, Sunday, Stroud. after Sunday, I think it's easily CJ for me. Which, not to discredit... Puka, he's incredible as well. Um, but, I mean, this is just... I don't... Like I said, in, at least in my lifetime, I've never seen a rookie quarterback do something like this. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got... Halfway through the season, he's got... Uh, what does he have, 14 touchdowns? Or, yeah, 14... Touchdowns, only one pick on the entire year. I mean, that's just absurd. Normally, rookies are turning it over left and right. <laughs> and, um, craziest thing is, this guy is a year and a half younger than me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, which is just mind boggling to me. Um, 
But yeah, no, his his college game is really carrying over well to the NFL. He really looks like the same guy he did at Ohio State, which is a guy who's not overly mobile, but can run if he needs to. And, you know, most importantly, he doesn't necessarily have the strongest arm, but he's just a very accurate thrower. And he, it's like, he he always knows where to go with the ball. You know, Uh, he always makes good reads. Obviously, one interception. Uh, And, um, yeah, it's just it's really fun to really fun to watch somebody just take off this early. And I mean, so far this season he's played like a top 5 quarterback, <laughs> which sounds crazy, but you know, name five other guys who are doing better than him this season. Uh I can't personally. <laughs> so Yeah, was um, what is what is Bryce Young doing differently? Is he just is? Do you think it's just rookie hiccups for him, or are you having legitimate concerns through eight weeks? Well, I, you know, I'm. Uh, I was in the camp that thought Bryce Young would be not necessarily a great. NFL quarterback, but like a good one, like decent, you know? Um, and, you know, he still could. I mean, this may just be, like you said, rookie hiccups. But, um, yeah, so far, I, I, I would be lying if I <laughs> would say that I'm impressed. Um, you know, it's. I think there's a couple issues here. First of all, you know, his size is definitely a factor. And I know that that's, you know, there have been short quarterback, short, shorter quarterbacks who, um, who have succeeded. Not saying that you can't, it's just definitely more difficult. Um, yeah, I mean, we're already seeing him, you know, kind of getting tossed around and battling injuries. Um, but, you know, just looking at his tape, I've noticed that a lot of times he doesn't really seem to have good command over the offense. Um, he doesn't, you know, it's like he's not totally there, uh, which is understandable. I mean, it's a very tough transition. Um, but then, you know, you see clips of him, like, lining up behind the right guard instead of the center. Um, it's like, dude, what are you doing? Um, it's just stuff like that. And maybe that's just rookie mistakes. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, I, I can't, you know, I don't, I don't look at that stuff and go, oh, well, yeah, he's just learning. I see that and I'm like, uh... (laughs) Uh, what's going on here? You know. Um, so yeah, again, it's early. I like to give, you know, Ricky quarterbacks a couple of years, but 
you know, sometimes I don't because I just, it's like I've seen enough and I know what they are. Desmond Ruder. Um, but usually I like to give them a couple years because you never know. Things turn around and Josh Allen, year three is when he popped. Um, you know, depend. Jalen Hurts popped year three, you know. It's, um, yeah, but in this case, eh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not too hopeful at the moment, but we'll see. Brandon, what are your thoughts on the two rookies so far this season? I mean, we said before, before they even drafted, that just Stroud seemed like the better quarterback anyway, the better prospect. Um, I mean, he's proven it, and it's like, I, I mean, hey, it's crazy. The guy's breaking the Ohio State quarterback curse uh, because every, mm, yep. Ohio State, every, every single Ohio State quarterback basically has not panned out in the NFL. Uh, I mean, listen, there's still time that that can go south on him, but I, I, I it's not going to happen. C.J. Stroud is so – like, he's doing things that other rookies haven't done in his rookie season. And, like, you know, you got to think about, like, every quarterback that's ever come in the NFL, every great quarterback that's ever come in the NFL hasn't done what he's doing in his rookie season. And, they, and we're only halfway through it. We're only halfway. Like, there's going to be so many more records broken come second half of this season. And it's like, but part of it is also the situation that they're in. You know, it's also, it's also interesting to see, to see a defensive football team, you know, headed by a defensive head coach, you know, in the Texans. And they're actually good offensively. I mean, not great. They don't have much of a running game, but CJ Stroud is, is tearing it up. And it's just crazy that he's, Doing all that, I mean, but that, but that's that's a great. We said that we even said the Texans are set up to be in a really good spot, like in the next couple, not even next couple, maybe in the next two years, um, or ne- even next year, maybe. Um, they have they have their franchise QB. Looks like he's got the guy's gonna be gonna be there for ten plus years. Um, they have Ty Dell, who. I mean, listen, he's been injured a little bit this year, a little shaky, but he, he he's still really good in my eyes. Tank, baby. They don't. Yes. They don't. They don't, you know, they don't have. The the thing they got to figure out is what to do with the running game. Uh, They still have a, I mean, a defense that I think, uh, I mean, we'll, it'll get better. I mean, it hasn't been great, but it'll get better. Um. And I, so I call him Ty. Yeah, I meant Tank. I always get that confused sometimes. Um, <laughs> but but uh, I don't know why. Uh, but I just do. Um, but CJ Stroud just is just, just doing things that Bryce Young isn't. Like, But also look at the situation. Like The Carolina Panthers were not going to be a good team to begin with. And we knew there was going to be growing, growing pains for Bryce Young. The problem is, is that it's in a weird spot right now where we're only halfway through both their rookie seasons. But it's like Bryce Young isn't just making rookie mistakes. He's making like really, like really bad mistakes. Like it's, it's not even like he's, he's showing flashes. He like, he hasn't had one good game yet. And it's, it's just, it's just like, when do we start seeing at least, at least in his rookie season, the flashes 
of being a good quarterback. Like, not for nothing, too. I mean, I know I say like a lot. I'm just trying to gather my thoughts. But he is now, what, the fifth short? He's top five shortest quarterback in NFL history? I think. So, I yeah. Think. yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's like, he's... He's now after Kyler Murray. He's now number five. So he's the fifth shorter, shortest quarterback in NFL. That make, like, listen, height doesn't matter. We've seen that with other quarterbacks. We've seen that with guys like, like Flutie, um, Kyler Murray, who's, who's played well when he was when he was healthy, especially when he first came to the league. He's playing well. We, we still have to see when he come when he finally comes back, which is actually what this week I think. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, they're not gonna do anything this season, but it'd be nice to just see what Kyler does the rest of the season, um, to see if he should stay there anyway. Um, and then you have what Drew Brees. Drew Brees has his Super Bowl. Um, was obviously an all-time great shorter quarterback, but at five ten, and especially because Bryce Young's also very very skinny. Like he's if you, he is if you stuck a slightly shorter version of Devontae Smith and put him at quarterback. I mean, it also makes sense. Mm. They both came. From, they both came from Alabama. Um, but like you know. The things that they were saying about when Devontae Smith came in the league, oh, he's too small. He won't survive one season. He's not. He's very fragile. It seems like, I mean, it sucks to say that about Bryce Young, but it seems like we're seeing that right now. And it's like a lot of it is not him because his team, his team around him is awful. They are not doing him any favors. I mean, you're, you're, what is your star receiver? Old Adam Thielen? Uh, right. So, so you're, you're not helping him. And, and Miles Sanders can't, still has work. It's somehow his vision is getting worse by the minute. Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders has the vision of a 90-year-old man. Um, and that that's the reason why they've what? They've basically considered benching him or they are benching him. Um, so I mean his offense, he has no offense. Their line is terrible. Their defense isn't great, but they're but they're constantly on the field because the offense c- can't do anything. Like he, he's in a bad position. And you figure Frank Reich, who who is a kind of a quarterback whisperer and can we've saw what he's done with other teams that have good situations or at least decent situations especially philadelphia um but it's it's like uh it's just it's it's so polar opposite between him and cj stroud it's like i could see if bryce young was showing flashes i wouldn't be so hard on him and like ready to throw in like i'm not throwing in a towel yet but it's crazy how i'm almost ready to throw in the towel halfway through a guy's rookie season because his situation is just as bad as him. So it's it's like I, I, I want to like the kid. I want to see him do well. But even at Alabama, I had concerns about his play. On top of him just being a sh- extremely small quarterback. So it's 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 scary because CJ Stroud not just CJ Stroud doesn't just look the part, he is the part. Bryce Young doesn't do either. He does. He he isn't the part, and he doesn't look the part. At least right now. So, I don't know what they have to do to get it right for next year, but like, it shouldn't be. You know, it should not be this bad. Um, and it should be noted that the Panthers absolutely whiffed. But like, we all thought C.J. Stroud should have been the guy for Carolina. But if the roles, even if the roles were, I wasn't were, too sure after after nine, what eight weeks? I wasn't sure when we got to the draft who I would take over. I still said Bryce Young, but after eight weeks, I was wrong, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> there's no yeah. way. Like I'm one hundred percent wrong. Strouds definitely should have been their one pick. 
Like, like, oh, but we even said it. Like, didn't they have Stroud at the pro day and everybody was there watching him work out for the Panthers? Pretty much, well, not pro day, but like they, everybody, all, all the Panthers scouts were there. Like the whole Panthers organization was there. No, that like, was for Young. I think. Was it for Young? Was it for Young? I thought I think, it was for Stroud. It might actually no, it was for Stroud. No, you're right. Yeah. The, yeah, everyone was yeah, there, because, and, then because, they, and then they just didn't end up picking him. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 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 because they whiffed and took Young instead. Like, I mean, but here's the thing: I still think, even if the roles were reversed, C.J. Stroud would still be in a better spot than Bryce Young is right now. Like, C.J. Stroud, if if he went to Carolina, would still be the better quarterback. Because I think I think uh, I, I think Shane, do you agree that it's more about just skill with CJ Stroud? He just feels like an NFL quarterback to me every week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's a little more you know, he's bigger, he's more athletic. He not that you need to have those things. I mean you know, there's certainly been successful NFL quarterbacks who don't have those traits. Um but you know, it's definitely an edge and yeah, I think you know Stroud is just you know looking back on it, I think his skills have you know his natural talents have translated better to the NFL than a guy like Bryce Young. But you know, I mean, like the size thing, I think is definitely an issue. Like Brandon, you were saying, you know, he he is like uh, Devontae Smith, which, you know, there were concerns around him too. But, you know, the thing is, when you're a receiver, it's not as big of a deal because you're getting tackled by, you know, DBs who are 190, 200 pounds. When you're quarterback, you're getting sacked by 300-pound defensive linemen. There's a big difference there. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, And not only are they 300 pounds, but they're, they're strong, um, and you know their one goal is to kill you, not kill you, but you know. Yeah. Sad. So. Uh, sad. Yeah, and you know they don't get a ton of chances to do it. They, you know, if they're lucky, they'll get one or two in a game. But so they want it, and when they get it, yeah, good night. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. I I think yeah. If the roles were reversed, if Stroud went one to Carolina, he, uh, you know, I don't know if he'd be doing as well as he is now, uh, because, you know, for all the reasons you listed. But I do think he still would probably be a little bit ahead of, uh, Young. Um, although Houston does have, a, definitely has a better offensive line, so I think. You know, he probably would have been banged up a little less, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So yeah. The performance by Stroud, though, that was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Also, an impressive performance by my man Josh Dobbs. Did you hear what what Kevin <laughs> O'Connell said at the press? Yeah. Night? How he basically fed him his reads in his helmet. <laughs> and he didn't know what the hell That's he was just doing. insane. And by the way, was the performance necessarily incredible, like franchise quarterback world beating? No. But 
No. The fact of yeah. the matter that he comes in. He did what he needed to. And, yes, exactly. The fact that he comes in and does what he needs Basically to find a way to win. It's it's unbelievable, dude. And he and Josh Dobbs. We've talked about it when he was at Arizona. We'll talk about it in Minnesota the rest of the year. He's just playing. He's just playing get it done football. And yeah. it's going to continue all year long. It's so funny that, that that this guy basically came in winging it and won the damn game. Like, yeah. we, we're talking about, like, like Baker Mayfield did that too last year with the Rams. But, like, it's like, you know, that's, I mean, it's it's the same kind of thing. Like, people don't realize it's it's already hard to play quarterback in this league when you're already in a system anyway. When you are thrown into just massive chaos, I expected to play quarterback and try to get a win. On top of that, not, you know, not even just play capably to also win the damn game. Like that—that that is the probably one of the hardest things a, not just a, a quarterback can do, a human being can do. And it's like, I, I for him to not just go in there and, and win, but actually look somewhat decent given the circumstances, is is. Is beyond impressive. Like, like that was, like that's as well as you could play that. If not better than even as well as you could play that. Like that, that was really, really good from from a guy that had we've we've seen flashes of it in Arizona. We knew what you know we, he was exciting already, and now he's exciting in Minnesota for at least this week. So it's it's so much fun. It's crazy. It's actually fun. We, cause we made fun of this guy when he was in Pittsburgh. Cause we're like, Oh yeah, this guy's like not going to do anything. Like he is what he is. It's whatever, Same you know, with him in Cleveland. And then this year, yeah. it's just different. Yeah. And it's, it's just like the, the switch kind of just flipped, but also he's probably a lot hungrier too. He wanted to prove himself. And he, he did that in Arizona. He did. He played really well, but the record doesn't indicate how well he played. Um, and I mean, now he has a chance in Minnesota to now play the rest of the season, obviously, because Kirk's not going to not gonna be there. Um, so we're going to see what we really got with him. Basically, two different teams. Like, we're going to have two – he's going to play for two different teams, two different systems this season. Like, if he plays well in both, man, like, he, he needs to just stay. Not stay there, but stay in the NFL. He needs he needs more work. He needs like, a backup job. He needs a proper he needs a, backup job. Give it to him. Yeah, exactly. Proper and it's long-term just, backup job. He's earned that. Yeah, that's what you need. So I mean, I, 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 how can you not like what you see out of, out of Josh Dobbs? How can you not like the guy first of all? But how can you not like what you see out of him? Like, like he's he's played well for the circumstances. So that reminds me of Taylor Heineke. Yeah, yeah, a, a little bit, thought, a little bit. You know, yeah. like uh, not a perfect comparison, but just a guy who, you know, sort of bounces around from practice squads, and then finally he gets an opportunity and. We're like, huh, okay, well, he's actually not too bad. <laughs> you know, I mean, not uh, probably not going to win you a Super Bowl or anything, but, but he can do some stuff. Yeah. Taylor Heineke is a good backup to have. Atlanta, I think, is happy to have him as a starter right now, in all fairness. Yeah. Shane, is what he did yesterday just like, impossible in your mind when you've been on offensive sidelines is what he did yesterday impossible pretty much um yeah kind of (laughs) 
I mean, it, that's, you know, quarterback is already the most difficult position in football, not physically, but mentally, just yeah. knowing, having you know what everybody's job is and you know and being able to break down defenses on the fly and it's just it's a lot um but you know the fact that he came in there also not knowing half the team's names which um that's another thing that they talked about and, you know, but it, it didn't really seem like it mattered because <laughs> he just, you know, he just went in there, did his thing, won the game. And, yeah, I mean, you know, this is the play calling in the NFL is extremely complex. I mean, there are guys, I mean, it sounds like, oh, well, you know what, why would that be difficult? That's that's one of the hardest things that the quarterback has to do. And, however, you know, no, being able to come in on such short notice, not knowing the offense, the terminology, anything, and doing that is just insane. Um, you know, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, after being in San Francisco for three or four months and having to call plays as emergency quarterback in the NFC Championship, uh, he was struggling to do it. Like, that's how difficult that is, you know. And, um, yeah, and just... Being able to put the team on your on your back like that. It's pretty impressive. And the only reason Baker Mayfield was able to do that is because he has a photographic memory. So he just looked at the playbook and you know, that was that. Must be nice. Um But you know, I don't know if Dobbs is the same way. I haven't heard anything. To confirm or deny that, but the guy's a fucking astronaut in his spare time, so. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, jeez, I know. So pretty impressive. Uh, Shane, do you want to go over? I don't know how much I want to go over this, but do you want to go over the abysmal performance that was Seattle Seahawks on Sunday? <laughs> uh. Well. <laughs> I uh I think I'm done with Gino. Um Yeah. You know, I mean I was I was high on him. You know, I was I was giving him the benefit of the doubt because he did have a good season last year. I was like, yeah, he'll be fine, you know, and, and he was fine this year for like, you know, two games. Um and then and then ever since then it's just gone downhill um 
Yeah, I I would give. I think I'd put Locke in. Not that he's gonna win a Super Bowl or be any better or whatever, but I mean, it's just I don't know. The way I look at it, it's like let's just try, you know, just see what we got in him, because it can't be <laughs> it can't be any worse. <laughs> I mean, it's the thing that's weird with them is Locke and and uh, and Gino could not be more polar opposite. Um, you know, Gino is a definitely a game manager, kind of a, a you know a. a He's accurate, but not doesn't have like the strongest arm. Doesn't really take any big chances. You know, he's just he's one of those guys. But then Locke is the complete opposite. He's very aggressive, um, sometimes to a fault. <laughs> uh, but you know, he has a, a incredibly strong arm. Not always the most accurate, a little wild sometimes with the ball, but very strong arm nonetheless. And, uh, you know, he, I think at this point would provide maybe just a little bit of a, I guess, a, a spark to this offense that they might need because it just looks very boring right now with Gino. It just looks very unenergized. Um, you know, so they, I, th- I think they need something to, you know, someone who's going to take chances deep and try and move the ball forward. I just don't think you're going to get that with Gino. I think he's a little too gun shy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think this is such a, you know, otherwise, besides the quarterback situation. I think this is a very talented roster. Um, you know, this is a defense that is pretty good. I mean, didn't have a great game on Sunday, obviously, but that's because they were on the field the whole game, so obviously they wouldn't. And, uh, yeah, it, it's just... Yeah, and, you know, the offense, I mean, they got better. <laughs> over the off season with um you know by they kept all their essential guys and then on top of it they upgraded at receiver with JSN by or not upgraded they added I should say um to an already good receiving room and brought in Charbonnet to complement Walker and um, you know and the offensive line is maturing and getting better. So I was like, yeah, this offense is way better. And well, <laughs> doesn't look like they are. So yeah, um, I don't know. It's uh, it's a very long-winded explanation of what I'm thinking at the moment. But yeah. What a mess, Brandon, on Sunday for the Seahawks.
I and see it's crazy because I don't think you can put Drew Locke in yet just because of where they sit in the standings. They're they're still five and three. So you know, you're still first you're still tied for first in your division. And you know, I feel like until you fall like two games back of the Niners or something like that, you can't put him in yet. So it's like I agree eventually, yeah, eventually you're gonna have to put him in and, and I think eventually they will. Uh because remember the Niners had to lose three games for the Seahawks to get where they are right now. So three straight I should say. So um but that that's the thing you, you really can't take him out yet. Uh the thing is yeah. I don't think they will take him out. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think if it gets to a point where they're... This is Pete Carroll. He's too egotistical. That's also true. Yeah, you're actually right. Um, yeah, the more I think about it, that's yeah, actually pretty accurate. Um, no offense, Pete. You're a great guy. I appreciate everything you've done for the city. <laughs> yeah, so, Super Bowl. Well, we're kind of tired of you at this point. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. A little bit. Yeah, like, like the, it's been the same team since Russell Wilson left his prime. So, it's been the same exact style of football. So, it just it doesn't work. Um, but, yeah, the Seahawks are going downhill fast. I don't know why I even had them in my top five. I think I, kind of, I was struggling to forget about the uh, – I forgot about the Jaguars. That's why. Um, but, but the more – I don't know how I forgot about the Jaguars. I'm like, duh. They are a better team. Um, but, like, every time I look at the Seahawks, I'm like, wow. Like, it's like – I mean, you know, like, uh, it's not even really a surprise. I'm just like, wow, Gino fell off hard. But then I, at one hand, I'm like, the more I think about it, I'm like, I'm not actually surprised because last year, who can honestly say that they were really game planning that hard for Gino Smith? Like, <laughs> like, 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 come on, man. Like, this was Gino Smith. Like, so last year was pretty much a fluke. It's like, yeah, because who the hell? Like, like who? Who the hell was was sitting there saying, "Yeah, we have to really, we have to actively game plan for Geno freaking Smith." Like, and you know what's crazy? Like, I wouldn't be surprised when we when we play them in a couple weeks. Wouldn't be surprised if Geno Smith throws like three hundred yards and like four TDs on us because our our secondary is trash. Um, God, man, no. oh that 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 that's gonna be so that's gonna be a high scoring game because both secondaries are just like both defenses play the same kind of style of defense. So uh, that's gonna be interesting. Um. But I just think that when it comes to you know his his play has just been like it it's 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 shocking because of what happened last year. But now it's it's not shocking when you remember who he is and how teams didn't have to really like they didn't do their due diligence and game planning for him last year. Really, I don't think so. It's I, I love the quote of saying you know they wrote me off. I didn't write back. Yeah, well it's time to write back. You know because. Uh, it's over, <laughs> buddy. Um, but I mean, damn, man. Like, like we were saying that you know it was great for the Seahawks to pick up, you know, what Leonard Williams, and we're saying like, you know, that that we're did he play? Saying, yes, Shane, did he play? Yeah, but obviously he didn't contribute much. <laughs> then, then again, what? It's his, it's his first game with the team. Yeah. So. I'd, I'd give it like a couple weeks, but um, to be honest, I only watched like five. They only showed like five minutes that game on Red Zone. I'm like, thank God. Oh yeah, because the game was over then the first quarter. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I did not want to watch the rest of that game. 
Yeah, but that's just what it is. Like, it's crazy because it's like the Seahawks are just one of the weirdest teams because it's like they're they're what what can I say? Like they're what is it? They're almost like the Steelers in a way. Like they're they are not a good football team, but yet they have a winning record. Like it's like there's oh no yeah yeah well well yeah the play calling is better yeah but but like that's that's really it like um yeah but better better play calling so they're better offensively but they have a worse defense than the Steelers so it basically can't it cancels out um so like it's just like how do bad football teams have a winning record. And it's like, oh, I mean, I need, like, it's, it's like really, just. It's it, early enough where it's still a possibility. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying that's a right now, it's, you know, it's a winning record. But it's like, man, like, Keno Smith doesn't even have, like, and it's crazy because they ask him, they ask quite a bit out of Gino. And it's like, yeah, because every game now, or at least every other game, he's throwing 40. First of all, why is Geno Smith throwing 40 plus times a game? Why are you asking Geno Smith to throw forty plus times a game? Why do you think that is? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I mean, he's he's thrown for over thirty-five, which I mean, even 35, 35 is like the the max I'm willing to throw with a quarterback. Like he's thrown for over thirty-five. What one, two, three, four times this year? Like and last year, uh, last yesterday he. There wasn't much to throw because by the time he threw all those twenty-eight attempts, the game was over. So it was like, so tomorrow, so that's tomorrow. Yesterday would have been another game if that game was even somewhat close. He would have thrown for over forty probably. So, like, damn man, why are you asking Gino? Like, you have Kenneth Walker the third. You have Zach Charbonnet. Run the damn ball more. What are you asking Gino Smith to do that for? Never thought I'd never thought I'd say that about the Seahawks, but yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, Jesus, man! Like, wow, that's bad. Um, like they're asking to do way. They're asking Geno to do way too much. Like, Geno Smith is not Mahomes. Is not uh, Tua. Is not Jalen Hurts. Is not Burrow. Like, come on, man. Allen, like, whoever. Asking? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, Allen is just quickly i mean not quickly but at least this season he's fallen out of my elite quarterback list because the dude the dude can't stop turning the ball over we talk about jalen hurts turnover issues my god allen's got just as bad if not worse issues right now right now and that's literally why i said so, and that's literally why i said we have nothing to say on the bills game our opinion is on the bills has not changed at all at yeah, all. oh yeah by the way on by the way on the bills yeah. anyway what's astonishing about the bills anyway is the fact that they're like first, like well, we always say like every week you know, they don't run the ball, right? But like here's what's crazy, they had what what uh tw- well at that point when I texted you guys, they had twelve runs. It was it was late in the fourth quarter. They had twelve running plays in total. First of all, not even that's not even with one running back. That's with their entire their entire team. Twelve running plays in total. Six of them were Josh Allen, and some of them were quarterback fucking draws. <laughs> My God, man! Like everybody's like, "Oh, what's stopping the Bills from being a good team or, be, or uh, being a Super Bowl contender?" They can't run the ball for crap. Again, they we've can't. said this for like the last month. But it's like, but it's like, 
I hate when ESPN people are like they can't see it. I'm like, bro, what do you mean you? What do you like? What? Do you, why are you like saying like Josh Allen is still elite? Like this season, he is not an elite quarterback. Like, dude, come on, man. Let Let's get real here. Um, like the the guy is literally costing his team games, and if he's not costing a team games, he's been he's been asked to do way too much because they don't run the ball at first of all they don't run the ball at all and second of all they don't run the ball effectively i mean so shane not even that we've said this for like three years now yeah no like well, like josh allen's regression is going to start so much sooner than others because they're just going to kill that man this is not sustainable well he's like, physical we already yes yeah. is oh yeah we know this already like like you know it's like not gonna lie, everybody like uh, when I look when I, first of all, like I'm, I'm gonna go bring it back to an Eagles thing because the next four weeks for the Eagles after this bye week are tough, right? I don't look at that Bills game as tough. And it's in Philadelphia. That game is not tough. Tough. I, I don't know the if Bills a lot of have... people look at the Bills games as tough moving forward the second half of the season. No, <laughs> like the like the Chiefs game to me is like they're not as good as they were last year. So that game doesn't scare me if I'm. Uh, I mean, I mean, I am I am I am an Eagles fan, but still, it's like. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if I'm anybody else, that shouldn't scare you. Even if that game's in Kansas City, it shouldn't scare you. Uh, especially because your team's going to be very well rested for that game. Um, and then, what? How, who's after that? Is it San Fran or the Bills right after? I forget what the order is. I know, but I, I know wanna, the next I wanna, four. What, what is the Bills schedule right now? Let me look up their schedule. Frick it. Um... Well, I'm looking at ours, but ours. Oh I'm yeah, looking, so ours I'm looking. Is... I'm looking at which teams are you scared of if you're the bu- if you're going up against the Buffalo Bills the next six weeks. Yeah. Are you scared about them right now? Like I know you're not, Brandon, for sure. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I don't think you're scared about a lot of the teams you're playing moving forward because you're still the best team in football. Yeah. Um, Bronco, and, mo- and most of the, and and and. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. Brandon, go ahead. I was just I was just gonna finish up and saying that yeah the, with the Eagles too like I was scared entering the season with that tough stretch. I'm not scared now of any of those games because Chiefs don't look great. I mean we neither do we, but we still look a lot better than Chiefs do. Uh, Bills are disorganized as all hell. Um, and Josh Allen's a turnover machine, even worse than what Jalen Hurts been this year. And uh, out of those t- out of that out of that tough like the well not I don't I don't consider the, the the second Dallas game as tough because those are always tough. So I don't consider that as tough in terms of like oh I look at that as a you know, out of division match. Like, it's not like it's like another Eagles Dolphins game. Like, I don't look at that t- as tough, so I don't count that. But the next three games, Chiefs, Bills, San Fran, none of those games scare me. The only game that, that Fran, might, I think San Fran's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's it's in Philly again too. So uh, those two out of those three games are also in Philly. That's those aren't all road games and they're not all home games. But two out two out of the three being in Philly also is big for Philly. It's like, if you can go two and one in that stretch in those three games, this team is first seed in the NFC. Shane, do you, do you think they can go two and one in that stretch, Shane? Yeah, or even three and zero. If not, if I was gonna say, if not three and zero, yeah. I, I made you know, a, I made it's... a grave mistake looking at the Bills' schedule. Uh, Broncos on Monday night next week. Jets and the oh. oh God! All right, yeah. continue, Shane. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Um, the uh, Allen to me just kind of feels like Big Ben 2.0 um, 
Yeah, I can see it. You know. Um. Yeah. No. I wanted to say this before we got sidetracked on the Bills. Um. You know, with guys like Gino, we. I was thinking about this the other day because, really, when you when you have these quarterbacks who are backups or just you know just kind of floating around year to year and then they have like this one really good Pro Bowl season it's always a one-off they go back to being not so great after that you know I mean we've Gino Tannehill um well I guess Tannehill had like a good year and a half but still uh, Blake Bortles Case Keenum yeah. I mean, this is every time this happens. The next season, they just go back to being, you know, looking like a backup, basically. Um, but you know, of course, every time I, I fall for it, and I'm like, oh, he's so good now, and then <laughs> just breaks my heart every time. Um, but no, so yeah, I mean, you know, that's something that my. That my mom was saying the other day, she actually had a a smart football take, which is rare from her. No offense, I love her; she's great. But, um, but she said, "Well, you know, there's a reason he was a backup for eight years or whatever it was." And I was like, "Wow, yeah, true." <laughs> you know. So, anyways, um, it's also cool. it's also cool that she actually knew that he was a backup for eight years before that. Well, because I told her. Oh, you did tell her? Okay. Uh, I, I said, yeah, she... he was a backup. I said, yeah, he was a backup for like eight years. And, you, you, and, you yeah, and then tell, we were you didn't tell talking. Me, and then... You didn't tell me punch somebody, though. You didn't tell her you punched somebody. He did? I can't, and Polly. What? You don't remember that? When he was with the Jets and he punched the lineman? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, I forgot about that. That. <laughs> That was that was a that was a news story for like two weeks. Especially in New Jersey, you guys were all yeah. Over I, that that's shit. why yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember. And then when you said all oh, like when you when you said it like when you reiterated it, it was like oh wow I do remember that. It happened in the locker room, didn't it? Yeah, he just he just walked in the locker room <laughs> and punched him. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I remember now. Yeah. Oh, oh Gino. Oh, Gino, what are you doing? Jesus Christ. What? What, what is Robert Sala? Really quick, before we go on to finish out with 1917, Robert Sala said he's keeping his player caller and his quarterback. And here's what Coach Sala said on Zach Wilson. Was it his best game? Obviously not. Was it his worst game? No. I'm not, I'm not going to say it was even close to his worst game. Is that a positive comment? No. That was, no, if that wasn't even close that, to his that, worst game, then his worst game must have been like, you know, a high school JV quarterback just being thrown in there. Alright, go ahead, kid. I mean, I, I can I can kinda see what he's saying because statistically it was actually one of his better games this season. Oh god. Uh it was actually it statistically was his second best game this season. 
uh, after after the Chiefs game. So, because even though he didn't throw a touchdown, he had no. I mean, he did have, he did have a turnover anyway. He had a fumble, uh, but he had no picks. Sixty-seven percent completion percentage, and two hundred and sixty-three yards. Two hundred and sixty-three yards is his actually his most in a game all season. Oh heavens! And <laughs> that completion percentage is good for his what his third best his third best completion percentage in the game this season. So actually, like when it, when you average it all out, it actually was like his second best game of the season. So, like, but but man, like, <laughs> damn, that sucks. <laughs> like, Jesus. On a more positive note, before we go into 1917, the the third string running back for the Texans, Dara Gumbawale, made some nasty and by nasty what a name field goals, literally field goals that helped win the Texans the game. So props. The Texans third string running back, Dara Gumbawale. It's oh always fun God. to see position players doing well as kickers. Emergency kickers. Oh wow. I well, I, I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh I have to make one more Eagles point. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um because it crosses over into political boundaries too a little bit, but not too much. But uh, because there was some controversy of it after the game yesterday at the link, but uh, and this ties into also New Jersey. Uh, fair, funny, funny enough too, New Jersey and Philly and political stuff. So that's right up all. It's right up like half of my alley. Um, but uh, NJ political boss George Norcross says he was removed forcibly removed from Eagles game after hanging a U.S. Israeli flag. Really? Um. Yeah, it's uh, where is it? Yeah, George Norcross, a New Jersey Democratic power broker, was ejected from an Eagles game Sunday night after he displayed a banner that combined the American and Israeli flags from his luxury box. Uh, Norcross, who was accompanied by a group that included Republican presidential candidate Chris Christie, is threatening to sue the Eagles, the NFL, and a security company. I gotta be honest, um, I don't think that is the best place to make a political statement. Yeah. I, I'm just... Uh, that's, yeah. That's Especially kind of one my, like that. That's kind of my reaction. Like, it's an NFL game. We're trying to get away from talking about politics. So yeah. So, I think that's kind like, of my like, reaction to that. Yeah. Like, that. not only was that tone deaf, but also... Uh, I mean, I, I, do they, do they, they don't, don't even show what the flag looks like. But I'm assuming... I'm not going to assume... I was gonna say like the only reason you would you would get oh I know why because he hadn't I and actually I see the picture now it's half an American flag half an Israeli flag but you can't have anything that defaces the American flag right oh yeah so, you can't mm. yeah that's so, part of it too so I think that's why they that's why they kicked him out because if you look at the picture that's exactly what it looks like I'm gonna I'm gonna send okay. this to you guys so it wasn't because he was pro Israel or whatever. It was more because of the defacing of the flag, and it's not the best yeah. place to. You, hold on, you guys can actually wait. Let me unsend that. I sent the wrong chat. Jesus Christ! Uh, hold but on. But I mean, regardless, wait, me... though. Uh, yeah, that, that's still that's still a very bad place to make a political statement. Right. Yeah. There you. Like, it does look like you're defacing it. That's just so weird. Yeah. To win an Eagles game. Like, there's. My, I'm not even. I'm not even discuss. I don't re- want to really discuss. 
our word takes on this podcast. That's not what this pod is for. But yeah, but my, that's just an, that's but, just an but, interesting but my, thing. Like, that's my my weird. point here is that what's the what's the use of doing this at an NFL game? That doesn't make sense to me at all. And and like yeah. an NFL game, and also you do it in Philadelphia. Like it's poor. Like, <laughs> at, 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 at the link where fans are already agitated at the game. Like man, you were at, you were asking for trouble, my guy. Jeez. Like wow. Um. There's no. Oh my goodness. There's no way that's a real basketball score. Jesus Christ. What college? I, oh my god. I just saw NCAA top twenty-five. I forget. I just saw. I wow. Why can't I remember who the top who the twenty fifteen was? It was number twenty-five school going against uh. One of the other, like you know, like an, an FCS kind of school. The final score. You want to guess what the final score was? I don't know. One hundred fifty to ten. Oh, you're very close. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's so bad. A hundred and seven to twenty-eight. What the hell? That's the final. <laughs> <laughs> one hundred seven. Uh. You were blown out by eighty. How do you get blown out by eighty points? Oh, oh my god! All right, and and with that, let's go to 1917. <laughs> oh my god! This has been this has been, this has been so off the rails. I'm sorry. Oh my god! Uh, let's go to 1917. Our movie for the week, our our war movie. Shane, why did you select this as our war movie for the week? Well, you know, I like this one because, yeah, story wise, there's nothing. There's nothing super unique about it. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's just a tale of, um, tale of a pair of soldiers that have a mission to go and cancel another mission, <laughs> um, and their journey to get there. Um, massive spoilers here because there's no other way to really talk about this. You know, the one thing though from a story perspective that is unique about this movie is the guy who is set up to be the main character uh, dies about a third of the way into the movie. And I really was not expecting that, but it's brilliant. I love it. Um, You know, it just, because the, his companion who's with him, you know, he's definitely not really into it. He's just kind of like, Oh God. Okay. You know, but then it's now he has to go on and do this himself and just the character development that comes from him doing that is is uh, pretty extraordinary I think and it makes for a very heartbreaking yet beautiful ending um, where he finally finds his uh, his companion's brother who is uh, was he a medic? Yeah, not a medic, but he was a—he uh, was at the medic tent, you know, and uh, he was looking for his for his brother, and uh, he said, "Well, I paid to break it to you, but he didn't make it." And um, you know, I like that he told him, you know, oh, he he went quick and peaceful, and whatever. When in reality, did not. <laughs> um, I mean, he bled out and was very scared. Understandably, I I certainly would be as well. Um, 
but you know, just giving him his brother that piece that was that was nice, nice moment to end it. Um, and uh, and the music score at the end, oh, the cello, so beautiful. Um, but you know, the main thing about this movie, the, the you know, the biggest draw, I guess, uh, the main reason to see it, I think, at least the reason I saw it was the idea that it is meant to is designed to look like it was one long continuous shot that never cuts obviously there are hidden cuts but if you're not looking for them you don't really notice them you know um i remember the first time i watched it i i wasn't really looking for the cuts i was just kind of watching just to see what it what it looked like and you know all that and I counted seven. But then when I watched it again, uh, for the second time, I, I really, I was like, okay, this time I'm really going to look for them. And I counted 31. Um, so, and even that was not right. <laughs> um, before, but you anyways. Say, before you say what the right answer is, Brandon, how many cuts did you find? Uh, I told Shane. I think that that everybody in the chat, or did I just tell Shane? Um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I found surprisingly. Oh, I shouldn't say found. I don't know if I found what I think I found, but from what I remember was a cut in college, and from what I just remember, like, or, or like at least what what I thought could have been cuts, like what looked like a cut to me. So I counted thirty. I counted 20. Robert, did you count? I counted 20. 20. Okay. What's the actual answer? There are 40. Wow! Oh my god. Yeah. There are 40 cuts in this movie. Um, I, can I tell you what I thought the cuts were? Yeah. So, not, not all of them, because I'm not, not going to catch all of them. But at least what I counted as cuts was any kind of match cut. So anything where obviously it panned over an object and then the character appeared on the other side of the object. So yeah, those I count. There's a lot of those. I also counted anything where they kind of where it was like they entered into like a dark part, like entering like under a like yes. other cr- yeah. The rat, so any the rat scene, yeah, 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 anything. There. Any, any, or any, and any scene when there when there was an explosion and they faded out, like the explosion took over the screen, and it kind of like and mm-hmm. you can see so anything that had like an explosion where where the character got got basically blasted out of the screen by the explosion, anything that was a match cut to an object moving over and then him kind of going going across the object, and anything where they kind of went into a dark space and then came out on the other side of it. Like, walking into a dark space and then coming out on the other side of it. Those are what I counted as cuts. That's yeah. I, I counted think, a yeah, lot so of the panning. I counted a lot of the panning for my 20 cuts, but that was about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Um, the, the first one that I remembered was towards the beginning where, you know, they... It is the cameras in front of them as they go into the trench, and then uh, it stops. They they get to like a essentially a three way intersection, <laughs> and yeah. it stops. And then there's a cart that passes in front of the camera. Yeah, there was one there. 
And then, you know, like that was the first one. It's just, you know, it's just really quick stuff like that where you're not really, it's easy to miss if you're not looking for it, you know. Um, but I think the thing that's most impressive about this no cut thing is that it's, they could have done that and been very, um, I guess lazy about the cinematography, like just almost shooting it like a, uh, <laughs> for lack of a better term, a YouTube vlog, you know, where it's just, it's just like a guy with a camera just sort of mindlessly following the action. But it's not. It's very, it, it's really well thought out and planned. And, you know, a great example of it is when they, uh, when they go around, there's a, it's kind of towards the beginning, there's a, like a small pond uh, that they walk around. And instead of just the camera going, you know, following them as they go around the pond, it goes to the other side of it and you see their reflection in the pond as they walk by it. And it's just great, incredible shot. And, you know, it's stuff like that that I would never think to do if I was trying to do this one-take thing. Um, but, you know, that's why I'm not a, a cinematographer. Um, <laughs> I don't have that that kind of vision. Uh, and that's why this was done by Roger Deakins, who, in my opinion, is probably the best living cinematographer um and uh or if not the best he's definitely up there and uh yeah so you know i i think that this was a a great way to really make you feel like you were there with these guys um like you were a person viewing this whole thing going on otherwise i think it would have just seemed like you know a like an average war movie. It's just, okay, here's these two guys going on this mission. All right, you know. But when you have this one-shot thing, it, it really drags you in. It feels like you're the third guy in this group. And then eventually the second guy, obviously. But, um, yeah. I would also watch behind-the-scenes videos for this movie. They're fascinating. They're amazing. Just yeah. seeing the ways that they planned all the planning that had to go into it you know to accommodate for this i mean they had built trenches that were a mile and a half long and That's they had and they had mini models of like the city when the flares were going up and they were like okay well you know this is going to be a weird lighting since it's moving so they they made a mini model of this and then took you know, small lamps and drag them around the model. It was like to simulate what the light would look like. So then they went into that, you know, small city they built. And it, you know, it started as with the camera on the back of a truck. And then at one point, it was just a guy running like around a corner. And then it went to another guy who was on a motorcycle who then rode away with it. You know what I mean? It's just crazy. Um, until eventually he jumps into the river, but, um, which of course there's a cut there, but, uh, 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, that's that's just sort of my general thoughts, I guess. But yeah, I have some trivia for this movie. Some very interesting trivia before we get to Brandon's thoughts. Okay. Uh, so the the main the main character who dies. Do you know an actor that was supposed to play him, but couldn't? Mm, no. I don't. So it's supposed to be George McKay and Mr. Spider-Man himself, Tom Holland. Really? Tom Holland. Glad it wasn't. Glad it was not. It would have been awful. Um, yeah. But also, he turned I mean, it down. I, lo- I love Tom. Nothing it, against him. It but... would never have worked with Tom Holland. But but the thing is, all you'll all you'll see when you look at him is Spider Man, right? Like it's it's just like he he's it's a shame because he actually is a decent actor. It's just that he's been typecast as Spider Man. That's that's basically it. Like, uh, but but also, the- well, I just like that this is unknowns. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it, I mean, this is this is World War One. These are kids that are fighting this war, yeah. really. You know, and they it's. You know, the superheroes, you want a recognizable face because they're superheroes. The average soldier, yeah. you don't know who he is. You know what I mean? Like, and so I like that they were kind of unknown guys. But anyways, continue, Robert. Uh, but he had to turn it down because he was having to reshoot Chaos Walking. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, disaster of a movie. Have you seen Chaos Walking, Shane? Unfortunately, um, how bad is it? Uh, I mean, it's not like awful, but you know, I'd give it probably like a D plus. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just weird. Like, and then him and Daisy Ridley have like this awkward love story. That's I, I don't know. It's just, it's, yeah, it's awkward. <laughs> Brandon, your thoughts on 1917? I would say real quick before I get into it too. It's also interesting to have to have basically unknowns, and then have actually two well-known actors be be an important part of the movie, and that's Benedict Cumberbatch and Colin Firth. Yeah, when so, I saw Benedict yeah. the first time, that's I was really like, "What cool. the fuck?" When I saw Benedict, so I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" That's an expensive yeah, so that's cameo. Good. No, hell yeah. Well, Colin Firth too. Um, yeah, but but yeah, that's definitely that was cool to have that. But yeah, I, and I think the same way. Yeah, and it wouldn't have been the same had it been more recognizable faces. Um, and I think like, but that's the, like most good war movies. No, like most good war movies have to have an unknown just because you're 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 portraying or like a real event. So it's like when you have like real well well known actors known for other stuff, it's like you almost can't believe it. It's not believe it's not as believable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, but this this movie, it's funny because in the first like half hour, I was actually a little bit bored by it because it, it had to it had to build a lot of stuff up um, or it was just building the journey up. That That's the thing that just like their journey to get to their to his brother and to, to, and to ultimately deliver the message too. Just like that, like so, this movie played out exactly how it would be that one shot, that just that long journey. So, I, I, you know, so I mean, if you if you're not a fan of like movies like that where it's like where it takes a while to really get to really really like juicy stuff going on, you might not like the movie, but it's also it's hard not to like it. It's it's incredibly well shot. 
it's it's like it, the acting is so well it's very emotional like it's like a lot of war movies are but this one it was just for some reason this one just caught me a lot better um i honestly my favorite part of the movie is pretty much just the it's the last like the last third as George McKay, yeah. you know, his his character of you know Will Schofield is literally just one man armying his way to deliver this letter, like shooting down G- German soldiers and like taking them out one by one, and then literally run. And then also at the last part of him, and I, it was in the trailer. It was in the, so I remember the I remember the scene from the trailer, but then watching it actually like as part of the movie was really cool. Watching him just run, like hopping over the trench. And then just running past all the soldiers um, to get to to deliver that message at the end was I, have, I, have I love on that. that as well. I have trivia on that as well. I have two parts. I go ahead. Trivia. The trivia for that scene, which I also want to deep dive into that scene, so you can continue talking about it, Brandon, because it is in my opinion one of the greatest war movie scenes ever. Um, basically, that take was so expensive to do. That you remember the part where he runs into the soldier and he falls down. Yeah, and they both yeah they fall they both over. Yeah, fall. That was not supposed they to only... happen. They no. was not wow. supposed to happen. He was just supposed to run straight, but they kept him. They didn't. They were gonna stop the take, right? But they just didn't stop it. They were just like let let him go because because if we if we do another shot of this, we're gonna lose a lot of money. So yeah. they just kept it, and I'm glad they kept it because. It made the scene even better, but continue on, Brandon. I just and had not, to add that piece not. of trivia there. They only had a, they only had enough money for three takes. <laughs> wow. Or, no, no, not, not enough money. They only had enough uh, explosives for three takes. And and on top of that, so. it, it, it's not just the fact that it makes it better, but uh, better better also. But to add to that, it makes it more believable because if you're realistically zeroing, like if you're running like that and you're just zeroed in on your end goal, which is to get to deliver this message someone's gonna hit you when you're running past that many people you're gonna get hit yeah like so it makes it more believable that that happened anyway and that's also part of the reason they probably left that in it's just more believable so like like everything about this movie it felt like you were back in that era everything like you can you could feel it it was the first war movie that i've ever watched first war movie that i watched start to finish where i felt it like it, it felt real. Like you were literally in suspense, and I like, I, like I said, like we've been covering a lot of suspenseful kind of movies, you know, so far this season. But like, it's just suspense movies when they're well done like this. And so far, most of the movies we have are been well done. I kind of want, I kind of want to do a bad one one of these weeks just to see what happens. No oh god. Um, uh, if you want to <laughs> wait for a bad movie, I'm debating a bad movie. But my problem with because we're gonna we're gonna take wild card and divisional week over Brandon and I we're gonna pick a movie for one well, you, I don't know who's gonna start we'll have to figure it out but one of us is gonna do wild card weekend one of us is gonna do divisional weekend I'm debating doing a bad movie but here's my problem with doing a bad movie the problem with picking a bad movie is we just come in here and say it's bad and we move on like there's no many there's right, not yeah. interesting points to add to it, but but that's kind of my thought well, see, of why motivating well, not doing yeah. a bad film. I wouldn't say bad. I would say one that's kind of like pol- like polarizing, where it's very fifty fifty kind of reviews, where it's like where it's very like mixed. Yeah. That's what I mean by like bad. Like you know, like not 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 
you know, not the greatest thing ever, but not the worst thing ever, but people on both sides kind of have, like, such a very, very opposite opinion of each other. Like, I want to do, like, a polarizing kind of movie, more or less. But but to get back to this is just that last third. Also, I think that counts as a cut, too, right? When he gets shot by the German soldier in the building and then wakes up. Well, yeah, technically, yeah. That, yeah, so... that's 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 the only one... Was obvious. obvious cut, yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, it's you know they're not trying to hide it. I mean, it's yeah, cut to black. So yeah, yeah, like that. That was, but I also love how it changes to like if you like, and I'm sure you guys know this too. But just I loved how the 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 not just what's the word I'm looking for, like how it changed from like over the course of the movie. You can see it over the course of a day. It's going from you know being. A bright day to then getting into the afternoon and then getting into the night and then deep into the night and then early into like it's it's the way they the timing of it too of how they because they could easily mess that up with the continuity and have it be like the time like where the 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 night to day thing and day to night thing is kind of like all over the place and because that's a very common mistake you've seen a lot of movies as a very as a continuity errors like that um i've watched them movie recently uh, where it had a bad continuity error like that, a couple of them, actually a couple points in the movie, but I'll, I'll get to that later on. I'll tell you guys probably that just after we don't work done with this. But um, it's just th- this movie, the, just literally the very, the very end of it, like that last third, I, I couldn't look away. I didn't want to pause the movie. Like there was a couple times earlier, like I said, in that first half hour, I was a little bit bored. Like I kind of knew it was setting up, but I was just I was bored by it. Plus, I also wanted to make sure I was getting it done before the Eagles game. Like I wanted to make sure that I had that I gave myself plenty of time. So I was kind of like, you know, oh, let me stop it. I had to use the bathroom a couple of times because I was getting a little bit bored by it, like kind of like bathroom break kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, I, let me if I can make it through this first half hour because it's 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 a little bit less. Well, it's what it's like without without credits. It's an hour and like fifty minutes. Yeah, yeah. about. So, so it's not like it's a long war movie, like a two and a half, three hour war movie. So it's, so I was like, you know, if I get past this first half hour, it'll get better. And then sure enough, it did like everything after the first half hour got better. I wasn't expecting the, the turn of literally killing off your main character a third of the way in, um, or almost halfway in, like I was, I was shocked by it. I'm like, wow, this is real. Like, uh, that's a, at that point, I'm like, if I was a filmmaker, I'm like, I, thank God I'm not, because I would have no idea what to do at that point. <laughs> like, I, I, I would, genu- I would genuinely be like, okay, where do we go from here? And it's like, you know, technically, it's not likely. Like, I forget, is this based on a real story? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was, because uh, I was gonna say loosely, I'm like, but yes. Yeah, loosely. Because I'm like, I'm like. Oh my god! Because how likely is it that one guy just fights off like for at the end, especially the last star, fights off like that many German soldiers? That was like, also one of my problems with this movie. One of my very few issues with this movie is that it has Star Wars level shooting. And I fucking yeah. Oh that. my god! That was one. Yeah, that was one thing that kind of pissed me off. I'm like, these guys are shooting at him from point blank range, like ten yards away, and they're missing him. I'm like, bro, you can like. You can't be that bad, man. Like, there was literally like they were literally dead on aimed at his head or at his body, and they're just and like the bullet is going is hitting like the the brick wall next to him. I'm like, come on, man. There's no way. 
Like, uh, there's no way. Yeah. But I, I, that was that's my only real complaint about this movie, though. Yeah, and that's probably where I where I, it goes from being a ten out of ten for me to being like a nine out of ten or nine and a half out of ten because I'm like, yeah, that's the only the gripe I have about it. But uh, that's also the also gripe the, I have with every Star Wars thing ever made. Yeah, but well, yeah, but then the one scene I think that we don't talk about enough that was actually really sweet and also really like kind of just cool was him stumbling upon the mother and her baby oh my don't um i cried the first time i watched that the second time i still fucking uh, cried i literally i watched the movie twice i the first time i watched this movie i was a wreck i cry i was downstairs my parents were asleep (laughs) and i was downstairs i took me three hours and 30 minutes to watch this movie the first time guys i spent half an hour sobbing downstairs sobbing uh, that's one ready for our historical drama movie bro i like well, yeah. it's one of the only movies i've ever like straight up just sobbed through second time not the, as much because i know all the story beats but still yeah but the the emotion and acting in that scene is just so top-notch oh it's brilliant it's it's, it's like brilliant. i mean the acting and the whole the whole movie is fantastic but like that moment especially and then you know when when she asks him to stay, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I can't stay here. Like, I I have to go. Like, it's it that was just sad, and just realizing that what's on the other side of him is might be, or you know, in most cases for a lot of soldiers, is certain death. Like, is just like that's that's a whole nother level. It's like you know when you see people, you know, in in other another drama movies, like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't stay here, I gotta go. Like, it's always just like a sad moment in someone's personal life. But it's like, no, this was a this was a war moment. Like, this was in the in the middle of a of a not just any war, one of the most serious wars in world history. World War like, One is one so, of the most disgusting wars ever. Yeah. So, so gross, like, man. it was brutal. So when you so when you put how disgusting and brutal it was into context, well, both world wars, but especially but especially World War One. World War One to me is more interesting just because of how much more disgusting and putrid that war is. Oh yeah, it's fucking horrible. Like, like so although when, World War Two had a lot less, um, like, uh, not morality, but um, you know, a lot lot less unspoken rules of war being followed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I mean, I mean, as you got into later wars, well, I mean, excluding Vietnam, but World War Two, like there was a little bit, like it, it was war, yeah, but a little bit more decorum. Um, yeah. but, but it's like when so when you when you take that into context, it's just that small little sweet scene with how and it, it, like people, I don't think people realize that to have a sweet little scene like that next to just the fact that the rest of the movie is so brutal and chaotic. And and just like and when you realize how in real life how bad that war really was, that's a really important scene to have in a movie like that because it can't all be down. Yeah. So you have to have a scene like that just to balance things a little bit. So that was that was so well done. Um, but my God, like this movie, it might man, I always say like each week every time we watch a really good movie, I'm like, oh, it's maybe my favorite movie of the year, but it's like. This one is definitely like if I I think if I go back and if we go back and we if we list the movies by the end of the year that we've watched we're gonna make list a them, list we're gonna list them and rank them at the end of the year yeah this, but I don't I don't think even right now I don't think there's anything else we could watch like this might not leave out of my top three so yeah that that's how I felt the first time I watched it 
So, oh, so I'm like, yeah, this this might not leave it in my top three. And also, I just love the very, very end of when, and because it's a callback to the opening scene, uh, where, you know, it, it's just him now, but he's sitting up against the tree. Versus, yeah, yeah starts first, starts and ends with him sitting up against the tree. Him sitting up against the tree, except it's it's, but the the he's shot a change is not, man. Yeah, man, he, and not only is he a change man, but they obviously you know the first shot was not directly of him, but it was of you know Blake. Uh, so it's and then it, then it pans right next to him, but then it's like yeah, the ending is obviously focused on him for obvious reasons, but also just having that same kind of callback is also a nice thing to do when you realize like what his character has been through, what what all the characters that he's come across have been through. So, you know, that that movie, I don't think it's leaving my top three the rest of the season. I like we and we still have how many more to do? Like a good 12? bit. We have we have Ten we're, or doing, we're doing we're doing twenty one weeks of this. We're not gonna do it during Pro Bowl week or oh Super my Bowl God. week. But we have twenty one weeks of this. Also we're not even we're not even halfway because this is week nine. Yeah, we're only doing we're doing twenty one weeks of this, so yeah, or yeah, twenty one weeks. So yeah, um, Brandon brought up a lot of things I love about this movie already. Uh, yeah, again, I I was sobbing when I saw this the first time, and it took me three hours and thirty minutes to watch this movie the first time because I was rewinding so much. There's so many oh. small things like the the tripwire scene was nuts. Um, yeah. But I, I want to add because I was gonna add the the I was gonna add the, the 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 baby scene, which I think it's one of the most influential ones. Of course, uh, the big the big scene, the battlefield running scene, is the iconic scene of this film. Uh, but he when he jumps into the river, one of the craziest jumps I've ever seen in a movie. Just oh, how, yeah. it, how it's shot, and then he's 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 grabbing onto a log. And then all of a sudden you see the there there it's a it's a again another callback um, where Blake tells him oh my my grandmother or my mother owned an orchard and people don't realize that there's different types of this flower and yeah. then and then it's and then the those flower petals that he was telling him about are literally falling on him as yeah the cherry going, blossoms and it, and yes and it gives him motivation yeah. to go forward um, yeah I also really love the the scene where he's like. Oh, you, you in the 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 piss off driver who gets stuck, and when he he's taking that ride before he goes into goes to that bridge and you know starts evading troops at that bridge, he's like he he's like we have to wait here. Like they're like oh we have to wait here because this guy fricked up and is stuck in the mud. He's like no, I need you guys to push, and they'll just go oh, and they'll just push as hard yeah. as they can and. And, they're, and they, they're talking. They're talking about what he's doing, and you get to see kind of the camaraderie of war from that. But my my, if I were to describe this this movie in one word, it's selflessness. Yeah, Blake's selflessness or selflessness that he was actually trying to help the German officer that stabbed him. That that selfishness, not only from that moment, but uh, his whole character, Blake's character arc converts over to Schofield throughout the entire rest of the movies. Like I'm doing this on our yeah. guy and his selfishness or yeah, selflessness, excuse me. Um, 
and that the movie just embodies that. So for me, that's that's the one word uh, that I would. Oh, I give it. A, and- I give it a nine out of ten for me as well. I have some smaller issues. I remember when Blake died, I was like, that's a little sad and kind of ridiculous. But I get why they did it. Also, the shooting is just awful. Uh, those are very nitpicky things, but that's why I have it at a nine out of ten. Yeah, it's, it's not in my. It's every movie. It's every movie, but I just, Bad I just shooting. don't like but yeah. that. Um, but Brennan, any final thoughts? I was gonna say, do you, do you guys know what the cherry blossom symbolizes, though? No. And this is actually yeah. interesting. I had, I had to Question look this mark. up because it's because you know, obviously, it's a Japanese thing, and everything in Japanese culture has some sort of symbolism attached to it, right? Yep. So, I was like, I was thinking about it. I'm like, they do bring up the cherry blossoms as a callback, right? But it's not just a callback. It has actually important meaning because the cherry blossom meaning in Japanese culture is uh, about two or threefold. It means like three different things, but they're all kind of related. It means there's a balance between life and death, beauty and violence, and a time of renewal and kind of like the fleeting nature of life. That life wow. is very short. Basically war. So yeah. yeah, so it's Fuck so yeah. it's very descriptive of war, war and just especially in that time, you know, also life. Just besides war, life expectancy was low anyway. So that's very interesting too, and also beauty and violence. Also, you know, contrasting the woman and her baby with the with the severity of the situation, beauty and violence. Um, so actually, that's very important. I didn't because re- I I remember, and the reason why that's why I was like, wait a minute, I I remember that the cherry blossom meant something. I remember it meant something. I couldn't remember what it was. I'm like, this has to play a, a better, a bigger part in the movie than just being a callback. So I'm like, I had to look it up, and that's why I was like, yeah, it's 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 basically a twofold, like a yin and yang kind of thing. But it's yeah, life and death, beauty and violence, and uh, kind of considered a, and then obviously more things here. It says cherry blossoms are a symbolic uh, flower of the spring, a time of renewal, and the fleeting nature of life. Their life is very short. Cherry blossoms. So that's very actually poetic about that and that also it just makes the movie even better when you understand that so yeah that's that's great that's fantastic um so shane uh give us your final thoughts on this movie and uh, what's your pick for next week well i pretty much gave you all my thoughts but um i have you know some other you know kind of more serious or suspenseful movies um, but we've already done quite a few in succession, so I want to switch it up. I want to do something a little lighthearted next week. I want to do, I want to do our coming of age movie Coda. Yes, let's go. One of My one of Robert's favorites, I know. Made. Yeah, I yeah, Rob, it, yeah, Rob, I never, Rob's been telling me about this movie. I've so. ne- I unfortunately. So, so objectively speaking, I'll say this really quick about Coda. Objectively speaking, it's not really in my favorite movies list. It just has the most personal impact on me of any movie I've ever seen. Um, and I'll explain more about that um, as yeah. we do it. Um, but And, and I, I think for you, Shane, it, it was slightly similar um, of an experience. Yeah, that's, that. That, that was exactly how I felt about the Mr. Rogers movie. Um yeah, so this is my version of the Mr. Rogers movie, is Coda. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go into extreme detail about it, but it's, it's just a great example of 
a unique situation while all being very relatable, <laughs> I guess. Um, and it's, you know, it's a movie that won Best Picture at the Oscars, and the most well, I think, best right, picture in our lives, probably. Yes, because the they never are, in my opinion. Um, but that one absolutely was. That was definitely my favorite movie of the year it won. Um, but no one really talks about it, and no one I know has ever seen it. So, um, my my mom. So I want to. I want to talk about it. My mom accidentally watched the 2019 Coda movie with Patrick Stewart. We're not talking about that movie. About the Candace movie. No. We're talking about the 2021 Apple TV and theater only movie. And Brandon, just for you to know, because this is important, I think, going into the movie, uh, Coda means child of death adult yeah i just looked it up just before i remember i I remember you had mentioned that movie before me a few months ago and i was like you know i'll watch it but i kind of forgot about it because i was just i was doing other stuff but i was like i'm interested just kind of i looked it up and i remember like kind of reading like the synopsis of it so i was like all right i'm just gonna see that and then you know but yeah now that we actually are watching it now i'm gonna actually kind of just i so i knew a little bit going into it but now i'm kind of well i'm I'm excited to see it i want to see what what we got here yeah it's it's um, Shane, really quickly, like I was the one who told you to see this because remember I was doing my whole Oscar preparation, and I was the one who told you to see it. Um, and you you told me it was fantastic, correct? After you saw it, right? Yeah, you, you told me. Um, I was listening off different movies, and you said, "Oh, have you seen Coda?" And I was like, "Uh, no." I and yeah, is it good? Right, you have to. It's so good. I was like, okay, okay, fine. It's like, and you just watched it, it randomly, like, right? Like, yeah, just kind of on a whim. But it was funny because I, I wasn't really um, it wasn't one that I was. I wasn't going into it like, oh, this is this looks stupid or whatever. It just wasn't really on my radar. I was like, ah, eh, whatever. But then once I watched it, I was like, okay, yeah, no, that. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, yeah. Yeah. But again, one more time, we're doing the 2021 Coda Apple TV Plus film. Um, very, very excited for this one. This is oh wow! It's it, and it's actually it's a remake of a 2014 French Belgian film. Yes, it is. Actually. Interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. So uh, that that that's yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's gonna be a fun one. Uh, so Coda next week. Very excited to talk about that. Uh, I am not very excited for Thursday's pod. Uh, I don't even know don't even, what don't even, our plans for recording. But don't, don't even. Don't even. Please. Uh, don't, I don't, don't want to be subjected to more hell. Please. Um, yes, the line for Panthers-Bears before we leave. As of Monday night. Bears minus nine. <laughs> just, just because? I don't know. Because. I'm going to say because both teams are crap. Oh damn! But the thing is, or or else it's like pick them. Yeah, yeah. I, I. This is a game. It's either gotta be either, either. It's one of two things. It's either pick them or it's like Bears minus a touchdown. So like, it's it's gotta be. Oh my god! I don't want to see pick them because the Bears should be a lot better than than you would think, even with with Bajan as their quarterback. It's not Bajan. It's Fields. Oh, it is gonna be Fields. Okay, then it, okay, then even so, now, they should... as of now, everything that I've heard said Fields is gonna start. Okay, so yeah, okay, so we should still. Well, that makes it worse for the Bears. Yeah. 
Someone. Oh yeah, it actually probably would make it worse. But even so, even with him, I die still. Man, my God, man. But like the the, uh, uh, this is giving me pain. Um, oh God, I'm gonna say Bears minus. Oh God, Bears minus four. Good job, Bears minus three and a half. Oh, look at that. Okay. Well, I'm, gonna nice. do, I'm gonna do one more. So this is as of Monday morning after the Chargers game. Just bear that in mind for those of you listening to this. Giants Cowboys, guess the line with no Daniel Jones. Oh my goodness gracious! Cowboys minus twelve. I'll go even higher because I because my God with no quarterback. I mean the, the division or not, man. Uh, that's I mean the Cowboys even played us tough. They played it. They've blown out bad teams. They, they, you know, they blew out the Jets, uh, and that's the semi-capable quarterback versus what the Giants have now. Um, so, oh my God, I'm going higher. I'm gonna say Cowboys minus fourteen. Cowboys, you guys ready for this? Cowboys minus sixteen and a half. <laughs> the biggest line of the season so far. Holy shit! I mean, oh honestly, God. rightfully so. Oh, you know what's funny? When you when you hear minus four, if that doesn't go down, I'm gonna go crazy. If when you hear minus twelve or minus fourteen, and you figure, oh, there's no way it could be any worse than that, bro. Minus sixteen, and not not even minus sixteen, minus sixteen and a half, bro. How? How? Oh my god, that's so bad. Oh my, how do how do see when you hear also when you hear minus twelve, minus fourteen? How do you undershoot it? (laughs) Like, we undershot that. My God, we gave the Giants too much credit. How is that possible? My God. Send that to your Giants friends. Just send that the line is 16 and a half. They they probably don't even care about the line. The line is so listen. Like, when it comes to the the line, they've also reached their line. Like, their limit line (laughs) this season with how much crap they've endured. So, at this point, I don't even, like, uh, none of my Giants friends care. Like they stopped caring, not even before, even before Daniel Jones had his torn ACL. They stopped caring like four weeks ago. Like it doesn't even matter to them. Yeah, fair. And then here, and then don't the only problem I'm gonna have with that game is watch the Cowboys beat them by forty. All oh the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC. They look so good against the Giants. Yeah, they look good against the J. Not even a J. Look good against a Pop Warner football team. Yeah, Brandon, stop that. Brandon, I'm very sorry that you're gonna get that on your television screen this weekend. My God. Uh, oh, so you know what's funny? So we don't get Giants Eagles, right? I mean, not Giants. We don't get Cowboys Eagles, and we get you know Giants Raiders. Yeah. But we some but you know. This week coming up, we're on a bye week, which is nice. But we're gonna get Giants Cowboys. Like I, I'm not even gonna watch that game because I know what's gonna happen. There's no reason that I'm not gonna. I'm that's the only game that I'm not even gonna try to see highlights from. I don't care because that should be such a massacre. That game is over. Not even in, after the first quarter. It's after. It's over halfway it's, into it's the first my, quarter. It's, my, it's it's over after the first five minutes. It's 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 just like it's just like Aaron Rodgers. It's over after the first four plays. So so please I, okay. I, I don't I don't I, I have a I have a plea for the New York Giants. Here's my plea. Here's my here's my plea to the New York Giants organization. I cannot believe I'm making this plea, but I'm gonna make the plea. 
we're recording this on Monday night. Again, I'm going to say that because it could happen. My plea to the New York Giants organization is please sign Carson Wentz to a one-year contract. I'd rather see Carson Wentz play football for the New York Giants than Tommy DeVito by a mile. That's my plea. I want Carson Wentz to complete the NFC circuit. (laughs) (laughs) Just for the Giants to to play him. And then, like, you know, God God forbid down the line, Carson Wentz still is, like, in this league for another two or three years. And then Cowboys have moved on from Dak somehow. And then Carson Wentz finds his way to the Cowboys. God forbid Dak gets hurt or something. Yeah, I didn't want to say that, but then even at that point, Cooper Rush. Because I don't want that at all. But it's like, but it's like, oh, dude, I want Carson Wentz to complete the NFC circuit. He's halfway there. Come on, Giants, pull the trigger. Get us, get us seventy five percent of the way there, please. (laughs) I just, I just don't want to see Tommy DeVito pick up Matt Ryan. I don't want to pick up Matt Ryan because I think he's great on CBS. But pick up. I just want the Giants. I want the Giants to move to San Francisco and start playing baseball um, <laughs> at this point. And that's going to be all for me. Good night, folks. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. But, but you're... Oh, well, but yeah. Wow. He leaves. Yeah, but one one last thing I'm going to say, though, is I wish, and I wish Shane would have stayed for just this at least because I want Carson Wentz. No, no. Let's see. I I want him to to play just because I want to see that man get another shot. But also, I'm gonna be sad if he's the starting quarterback uh, in the two of the three the, the two of the three uh, games against the Eagles. Like you know, the end of the season, those last two I out of three weeks. I can't wait to see that on Christmas Day. Because oh my well, because God. you know why? I'm gonna love blowing the Giants out by forty. But I'm also gonna. It's it's like when you have to put a dying animal down, oh especially God. like what like. The hell? Because, what are we doing? Well. Well, no, you know why? Because that man gave his ACL for a Super Bowl ring, like, and then he just proceeded to fade into obscurity. And then it's like, it's going to be so sad seeing that man come back as literally less, not even a shell, less than a shell of himself playing as his former team. On it's Christmas be like, Day. Like, oh my God, bro. I don't want to have to put our, our, like, my dying 20 year old animal down. Like, I don't want to do that, but that's what that game is going to be. It's going to be the Eagles putting down a, a a scared, defenseless old animal. Like it's it's like I hate it that that's the comparison, but you can't tell me that that's not what that's going to seem like. Oh my god! Like oh my god! So so the so the NFL and Prime account posted the you know promoting the Cardinals or no promoting the Panthers Bears game, and one comment is. I'd rather watch Zach Wilson flirt with Donna Kelsey than watch this mid-off. Oh, yes. That's great. S- send, send, the person, send this person to prison choosing primetime games for the NFL. Oh, my God. You know, oh, I love it. That's great. Toilet More, bowl, please. Cripple fight. You couldn't pay me to watch this game. Mind you, we are paying Amazon to watch this game. We have to pay Prime subscription for this shit. Uh, At that point, just don't watch it. Just don't watch it. Stop. You're gonna pay them. Stop. Stop letting AI make these schedules. I'd rather stare at a wall for three hours. Oh my god. This is fantastic. 
there, there, there is nothing more out of sync than than this entire football season between our show and 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 watching these games, and then <laughs> we have oh, to do, we have to we're spending more time on the film. The game sucks. Like, <laughs> like, 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 my God. Well, I mean, hey, did, did, did we or did we not say that this week of football is going to be, I mean, we have said it every week, but this week was like genuinely probably the worst week of football. The, next week's going to be bad. Let me read you the schedule again. <laughs> just, just, just read me. Like, like, I, mean, I know, like, the, you know, yeah, you read, know, just read it. Go ahead. The national, the national title. Uh, okay, here we go. So, um, uh, so Panthers, Bears. Colts, Pan- Colts, Patriots. I forgot, yeah. That's Frankfurt. I'm going to wake up for that, actually. But your 1 o'clock games are as follows. Falcons, Cardinals. Your 4 o'clock, 1 o'clock games are as follows. Falcons, Cardinals. Cowboys, Giants. Commanders, Seahawks. Lions, Chargers. Oh, my God. The, the only somewhat appetizing game. good. That's what I'm saying. That that's probably the only good, somewhat good game there. And then, Sunday, oh, here, and then well, Sunday night. Sunday night is Jets Raiders. Ha! Oh my God! <laughs> like, I I get it, and I I know I said this like a bunch of times this year, but even if Aaron Rodgers was playing, how is Aaron Rodgers against Jimmy Garoppolo an appetizing matchup? Please describe that to me. Monday night is Broncos Bills. <laughs> So, so what I'm hearing is we're gonna do a pod like after the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, well, actually, well, actually, because how bad the Bills been playing, I wouldn't be surprised. That's actually somewhat of like a, a close game. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. And it appears they're not flexing Vikings Broncos next week in Week Eleven on Sunday Night Football. How do you not flex that? Oh my God! It's it's like listen. I know we just talked about Josh Dobbs, but it's Josh Dobbs against against just just nine year old Russell Wilson. Like like please God, how is that not flexed? I don't know. So so like. Okay, wait. You read off the one o'clock games, right? What? Well, uh, did you read off all the games for, for no, Sunday? No, I'm not gonna read them off because we have to do our stuff on at the. We have to do our our stuff on Thursday. So I will not. Read oh them my off. god! But my like my god, there's like I I know I just said this week was the throwaway week. Next, week, next is, week is is worse. oh it's so oh. much worse. Like how genuinely, do you pick again, a game of the again, week out of that crap? Gonna, if we do end up recording on Thursday. Our over-under for how much we're going to talk about the game is 20 seconds. At least that's mine. It's going to be like that in the next like week. <laughs> because between, between Thursday night, the Sunday night game, and the Monday night game, what the hell is there to talk about? Well, I've, I haven't read off the rest of the schedule yet for Sunday, so I'm sure we're going to have something to talk uh, about. But I'm saying just among those, like the the prime games, the late night game, the late the late night game is just like... How do we have three? Like, listen, I don't know. Have we had three straight crap games? Not, not for not, the not night a, games. Well, obviously, we've had three straight crap games, meaning blowouts on national TV. That's happened. Yeah, but we've, but we've never. I don't think before a week we've said that all the prime time games are not even worth your time. Like that's saying something. Oh my god! So the the so and like, it's so like t- tonight's game was so bad. The highlight of it was Arnold Schwarzenegger feeding his pet moose. It's a donkey, but yes. 
donkey, whatever. Wow, no, I didn't see. I thought I thought it was a moose. I heard people say it was a moose. I'm like, I don't know if it's a donkey or a it's moose. It's a donkey or a moose, whatever. But yeah, that was the highlight of today. But 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 either way, how do you have bro? How do you have a pet donkey? Well, then <laughs> yeah, it's Arnold. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's Schwarzenegger. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Oh my god, that donkey. See, look, that donkey should read out the first overall pick. Oh my god. Or you know what? He should be made. He should be the sit-in for Bill Belichick next time, just like yes. his dog was the other the, the other the other year, yeah. COVID year. All right. Well, oh Shane left with a perfect comment. We leave by telling you that next week is going to be one of the weirdest pod weeks we've ever had. <laughs> um, but for Brandon, for Shane, for myself, we thank you all for listening. I I posted all our shows from last week in a marathon because. We literally, I literally couldn't figure out how to upload it with all the news last week. So hopefully it dies down enough for us to upload on a proper schedule. Are but... we are we splitting this one in half real quick? Because we went on for like over almost three hours. No, I'm I'm leaving the whole thing in. Oh my god, who's gonna listen to two and a half, two hours and forty five minutes? Do you, realize, just... do you realize that our pods average two hours long nowadays? Oh, they do. Oh well, yeah, yeah, because we're we're just a bunch of like rambling idiots, <laughs> kind of. All right, well, for Brandon, for Shane, for myself, um, thank you for listening to Los Angeles Chargers Podcast, the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers Podcast, talking minimally about how the Chargers are not fun to talk about. Um, but uh, if you're a Chargers fan listening to this, you're probably appreciating us not dwelling on your team for like five, for like 30 minutes. Um, but with that, thank you for joining me, Brandon, and thanks to Shane as well. And we will probably. <laughs> See you on Thursday if we can stomach it. Uh, but uh, yep. we'll see you all then. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. And I apologize for our, for our, for our rant. Well, my rambling, but uh, I literally made a segment I... out of it. I was just predicting it. Uh, I can't. I'm. I, I feel bad. I'm. Listen, everybody. I'm sorry that you guys have to hear a like a whole two and a half hours plus of this. Like, it, it, listen, it's we fun. have fun. It's fun. So, but we yeah, but Rob, I'm all, I'm all. Too. I'm, I'm always happy to do this. Like, this is so fun for me having, every we week. Good, we have a good time. Yeah, I literally, we did six. We are averaging six hours per week doing this. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> which is impressive, to oh. say the least. Well, we thank you all for sticking for those six hours that are probably yes. to come, if not four hours. that are probably to come, yep. depending on what we decide to do on Thursday. Um, yep. But uh, we'll see you all then. Have a great night, everybody. All right, take care, everybody.